space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Our continuing mission until we are cancelled and replaced by something slightly better. To review every Star Trek episode and movie ever made. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable, which is probably why we don't have a guest this week. To boldly go where very many other Star Trek related YouTube shows have gone before. It's Friday night, it's YouTube, it's Nerdy Up North. That can only mean one thing. We're not watching telly, we're watching Trekking Up North. It is me, Captain Goodwill of the USS Adequate, and joining me as ever is the rather delectable Geesian from the planet Honk, Science Honk. Officer Sanoise. How are you <laughs> doing today, Science Officer? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you suggesting that there's other Trek shows out there? No. Like, that that's a thing? Like... Because I know we've had these weird people occasionally join this, and I'm just like going, who are these people? What are they doing? Why are we using words rather than our own telepathy? Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of just being like, what, are we going, you, what, what is Star Trek? What is? How, how can... How can Trek? <laughs> how can Trek? But yeah. No, no, it's it's good to be back. It's I'm really excited about this episode because this is the first episode of Lower Decks that I managed to watch twice. I actually had enough time to oh watch this God. one twice. Rather than just like because I wanted to just sit back and just take it in. That's literally my grinder profile. Um sit back and just kind of watch the episode and then watch it again and actually make notes. Because I found that when I'm watching it for the first time and taking notes, it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Yeah. This is quite good to sort of like sit back, watch the episode and then watch again and be like, okay, cool. That's something to note down. And it means that my notes are probably a bit more succinct rather than just, I noted down everything in case it was important. You've heeded my advice because that's what I do. I watch it on a Thursday and then mm. on a Friday, I watch it just before the show goes live on air to take notes. So it's fresh in my mind because the first time you watch it, it's like, oh, wow, wow, wow. then you can't yeah. sort of remember key parts so then you you take but all it the isn't notes. out on a thursday is it yes it is in these united states of america that's <laughs> how why might I you possibly watch it on a i thursday? live in the united states of america <laughs> can't you tell it's sunny los angeles where i'm to be fair it does look like you're in the middle of the red light district so it does look thank like, you, you know, i got new filters i am um, i <laughs> <laughs> Give that man a gel. <laughs> I got yes. Well, mm, I got. I, I got. I got. Mm, um. Yes. I, uh, what was that? Mm, mm, I got gels. They're multiplying. Yes, there we go. And because uh, I was looking for more funky gels, because I only got some basic ones, and I was like, really, I was just wanting purple. So. And as you can see, I've got some arts and crafty with it because they're like, we can't give you four inch gels. What we can give you is a foot by foot. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to That's blue. A lot of gel. Peter. Yeah, I'm gonna have to blue Peter this. So I've been um, getting artsy with uh, with the gels. That's why um, the back looks like Jean Luc's boudoir. Um, <laughs> it's it's very rose tinted. You've got a very rose tinted view this week. It it is. I considering like the 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 light bulb directly above me is some people are aware is multi like multi change so everything goes purple and I'm like yes I, I like the sensual look on the USS <laughs> adequate 
It's, a, <laughs> it's the Zap Brannigan look. That's what I'm going to go. <laughs> I, I really like it. You, you make an effort. I don't. I've literally... The, the problem is I've got my Pyramid Head poster here and I have my new Sand Hill one, but because I'm gay, I don't quite know how to hang up another picture. So I'm having to wait on sort of someone else. I, I generally thought you were going to say. I generally thought you were going to say because you're gay, you can't hang a picture straight. And I just thought that would just be. <laughs> well, you know, that's the straightest I can make it. It's not totally not that my actual webcam is just weirdly positioned. Don't worry. Anyone who encounters Anson Mount suddenly <laughs> loses the ability to um, spirit level anything, um, which was which is four years my ago. My legs are wonky. Yeah, four Isn't years it crazy? Ago but, yeah. but this is the scary thing, like, because... Of, oh, sorry, just addressing the chat. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Lee's telling me not to use my telepathy. Maybe I will, Lee. What's that? We've got the lovely <laughs> Damon here from uh, Nice France, uh, as opposed to Shit Canada. Uh, yeah. At least it doesn't look like the red planet of Kenny Rogers' chicken in Kramer's apartment in science. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> the Balrog. Um, sorry. I love that meme. It's kicking off the chat. It is kicking off, really isn't it? Busy. Look at you. you. You've all had your, uh, you've all had your monster this week. I'm, I'm mixing yeah. um, ultra gold pineapple um, with uh, martini. Well, you, you were really worried last week that you'd got like drunk on stream, and so I was like, "Oh, are you, are you not going to get drunk this week?" And you're like, "No, no, no. I'm going to temper the martini." with monster and i'm just like i i don't know how this experiment will go it's a trucker's <laughs> diet that's what it is okay guys it's if look if i've learned anything from euro truck simulator 2 it's to balance pro plus with nyquil okay so that's what i'm going to do <laughs> <laughs> it's like this thing where you just bring out like a suitcase of the pills i like, laugh here are, my uppers, here are my downers here's my uppers for the downers here's my thing and this is cocaine you know when, when i laugh I lap hard, okay. So that's 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 what I do. Um, no, it's uh, what were we on about? I have no idea. Oh. I was gonna make. I was gonna. Well, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna talk about Discovery because uh, obviously we talked about Anson Mount, and uh, I finished Discovery season two, which is the well, first I've before got you in do. It so far. Yeah, be before you do. Before we get mm. into that, uh, yeah, um, I have had a bad day. Um, mm. I've had only two panic attacks uh, today. So the road to recovery uh, begins now. Um, I've only just stopped shaking because I was just... Social situations both uh, terrify me and um, make me incredibly ill. And when people go, hey, you're doing this social thing, you don't have a choice. I'm just like... <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I am I am fine. Especially when they're saying it's for your benefit. It's yeah. the idea of going, hey, here's a really uncomfortable situation that we're doing... For, for for your you know like because we like you and it's like that's that's odd that's like going sort of like yeah. oh because i really like you and you're lactose intolerant here's a milkshake and you're like what well why are we doing this you shall eat this pizza because you are rewarded but but my stuff eat it um, yeah so <laughs> i we have and you must be rewarded <laughs> but I, I am fine guys uh david just said that v martini shaken not stirred i am very much shaken <laughs> and this has never been stirred this is just straight from the goddamn bottle but sonoise i love it and, and and this is why i love sonoise so much because i've been receiving voice messages all week um reviewing oh no <sighs> star trek discovery and uh, <laughs> when he when we got to the, the season finale and I saw the voice notes at work and it was four minutes and one second. And I'm like, 
Yep. <laughs> you, you, you are you you are you are existing in this limbo, waiting for me to get into season three, so that you can see how angry it makes me. Because you basically everyone's warned me, like, oh, if you thought season two was a bit far fetched and kind of like, uh, yeah, uh, was <laughs> it season three? It'll go drive me nuts. But it's yeah, no, it literally. Literally, I didn't even wait for you to reply. Sometimes I was just, I was just kind of like going like, okay, yeah, there's this big thing, and it's like the Red Angel, and it's coming like, oh, they've just mentioned it's a woman. I bet it's fucking Michael Burnham. It's got to be fucking Michael Burnham. And then literally like ten minutes later, a voice note, yeah, it's fucking Michael Burnham. Fuck's sake! You know? I was I was in the middle of recording. Like, why, why can't it be anyone else for a change? I was can't in the Tilly have a plot. I was in the middle of recording a, a voice message to Sonoid, and I'm just like. I can't wait for you to go to season three. I would love to do, and I just got this, this, this like, it was, it was like nine seconds, and it was just, I, you know, you know, WhatsApp, you can see like the voice balance. This was just a brick of like lines, and it, I got it, and it was just like, it's fucking Michael Burnham, and I was just like. This boy's not going to survive season three. Mm. I, <laughs> It's that thing. It's like the the problem is, you know, you know what hurts about Discovery. It's the fact of there's so many things that I love about it, mm. but they're in the background. Yep. It's like it's like you're talking to someone you don't like, and you can see someone you do like over their shoulder. You're trying to get to them, but they won't leave you alone. It just feels really weird. It's like someone accosting you while you're running for a bus, and you're just like, I I I've got to go and like. So it's this thing like. I don't even know the name of the the comedian engineer woman. Tignataro. Is it? Mm -hmm. She is fucking incredible. I'm just like, please put her in every episode. Like, she is so funny. She is so good. I really like the character. And she's had like two episodes, three episodes in the whole season. And it just, and then instead it's like, no, 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 no. Look at this. Look at it. Don't look at, don't, don't like Tilly. Tilly's barely going to be fucking in it. You know, like. And just this weird thing where in in normal Trek, what we do is we give these characters time to shine. So it's like when Hugh and their uh, Hugh and um forgotten his first name, but uh, Stamets. Oh, uh, like, Paul Stamets. Yeah, when they get reunited, you're like, this is amazing. We need to have a whole episode talking about Hugh coming back and what it feels like there and the whole relationship and stuff. We need to have a whole episode about how Stamets feels about it. We need to have a whole episode about how Tilly feels with everything kicking off around her. And we don't. We literally just get like a cut, like a scene, an episode where it just goes, "Oh, I'm really sad. Oh, but we're back together." And you're like, "What? That you could have done so much more with this." But instead, they're like, "No, no, space battles." It, it just that's what annoys me. And it's I feel happy that I can put my finger on what upsets me about Discovery that it has so much potential and it just totally squanders it. You know, when you just like the these, I would fall in love with these characters if they were given time to shine. But instead, it's like. It's Michael Burnham. Oh, it's a red angel. That's also Michael Burnham. Oh, oh no, it's not. Oh, but it is. And you're like, this is Go the thing. <laughs> and, and this is this is what a lot of people because we we do get a lot of gatekeepers in Star Trek, and they're like, oh, that's just yeah. And you just like, who'll be like, oh, it's a fucking woman. And you're like, yeah, it's Trek. <laughs> you yeah. know, we've literally that that's been a thing since the start. You, you get the ones where they're just like, oh, actually, uh, I'm I'm a hardcore Star Trek fan because I only like season one between episode two and four. That is the real Star Trek. Everything else is absolutely nonsensical and is and I don't consider it to be canon. And you're just like, shut your pants, <laughs> because 
Everyone can like what they like. If you love Star Trek Discovery, you love Star Trek Discovery. I like Star Trek. I, I'm very much like Sonoid. I like it. However, there mm. are things. And this is from this is from someone who has been in the industry that can see uh, and, has, and has loved Star Trek and in every uh, in every um, way that it's been formed, you know, every uh, permutation of it. Mm. But there is that it's got so much potential that they, they don't tap into it and it holds it back. And again, it's like, oh, space battle. Yes, but I would like an episode that explores, like we had with uh, Saru, where mm. we explore Saru's biology, why he is, what he is, why his race is, what there is, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, I would like to do that with the con officers. I would like to do that with the communicators and engineers. And everything. you've got an ensemble cast that you say, we are a family. Let us get to know said family. It's been five, six, four seasons. Mm. We don't know most of them. And we were we were talking I, about... I don't know what the bridge officers are called. Yeah. You know, the who who is the, the, the navigator who has the implant in a head i legitimately and who's the one with the dreadlocks yeah i don't they're, they're amazing i like them but i don't know what they're into i don't know sort of like their proper names and stuff like I, it does get mentioned it did saru mentioned one of them by name in one of the later episodes and i was like oh is that what they're called great but it's exactly that thing it's like other trek would have had a full episode fleshing them out you know and, you but could that's name what, them that's what like we you... get with strange new worlds yeah but, you well... know with Strange New Worlds, we go, hey, here's your time in the sun. It's it's great. But then in like you, you could confidently say in every other Star Trek series, in two or three episodes, mm. you know, like in Enterprise, oh, we've got Reed, we've got Trip, we've got Paul, yeah, we've got you know, we've got Mayweather, uh, in Lower Decks, we've got Shax, we've got Ransom, we've got Freeman, we've got Meglimo. You know those names in Discovery. Uh, but Discovery and I have watched it since twenty seventeen and I legitimately cannot name any of the bridge crew other than mm. Burnham and Saru. That yeah. is it. That, yeah, I mean, that, really that's just the bridge crew, not the not the whole like Stamets and stuff like that. Like, well, I got I got really annoyed because like the because it, it feels like it it feels as though behind the scenes they've got notes and stuff where they know all this stuff, but then they just forgot to communicate it. Yeah. Like they like they're telling a story, but they forgot that actually the other people in the room don't know what they're talking about. Like for instance, like when the thing happens with the robot woman where someone takes their place, they just appear. There's yeah. just a blonde woman who takes that station now. And who is she? Who she she does stuff in the later in the the end of season two, but you just like, I don't know your name. I don't you've had no history whatsoever. And then everyone's like, Oh, we're good friends with her. And you're like, when did we didn't see that? Why didn't we get scenes where they're sort of hanging out or something? Or like Yeah, anyway, anyway. The, the, the I was whole... ranting about discovery, but well, it's it's the fact of I feel a lot happier that I'm 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 plowing through it. I'm understanding why I dislike it rather than just sounding like a shit gatekeeper. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's more the fact of it makes me excited for if they do the Starfleet Academy thing because hopefully they'll take the characters that they know now were squandered, like Saru, like Tilly, like... Um, what's her name the engineer woman? If she survives, she's probably dead by now, actually. But it's this idea of these characters and be like, Okay, cool. We know how we're going to use you properly now. That would be that would be amazing. Well, if Tony Newson is the the writer, uh, you know, it's in great hands. Let's be honest, because she mm. is a hardcore Trekkie. She is Beckett Mariner. 
Um, <laughs> so we we know we we are in safe hands with that. All I will say is the the main trope before we get into the lower decks review. Obviously, the the main mm. trope of Discovery is the crying. Now, mm. crying does work if your audience feels the same way that the person on screen crying like understands and feels yeah. the same way as they do. Now, when, you know, they make this whole song and dance about how the crew are a family, the crew are united, the crew support each other, they love each other. And it's like, that would be brilliant. And we see that again. We see that in the original series, uh, Next Generation, uh, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, Lower Deck, Strange New Worlds, Picard. Mm. We don't see that in Discovery, and therefore there is a disconnect when, oh no, someone's in, this person is in jeopardy, and you're just like, oh, who is it? Because we don't know, we we don't have the backstory, but yeah. they, they build it up to say, oh no, not him. And you're like, who is that? Why <laughs> should we care about that person? You have not, you have not had any exploration of that person their backstory what is their motivation why did they like in season three why did they choose to stay with the discovery and go into the 30 why you know yeah and it's like they just decided they they yeah. literally just go oh well might as well do that and you're like i i don't yeah i don't get it like and the robot woman really pissed me off because i spent like two seasons being like who the fuck is she she looks amazing i can't wait to find out about her and then the episode it introduces her, she's dead. And you're just like going, like, you know, like as in sort of it goes, oh yeah, here's her fucking name and what she does and her background and stuff. And you're like going, it's it literally, and now it makes me stressed watching Discovery because mm. I feel, I feel the same way I feel on Drag Race where whenever they give uh, a queen a sob story and they go like, oh, you know, like, oh, you, you were adopted or, oh, you're, you know, like you're coming out as trans or, oh, you're sort of, you know, what was it? Um, you know, oh, you've got like dyslexia or something. It means they're going home because yeah. as soon as they actually focus on that person, they're like, oh, well, we've got to get this out the way before we actually do that. And it just feels like this could have been handled better. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, because that, that's the thing. It's like I want to get invested. I'm like, oh, my, you know, so. And the problem is, it's like, I can't imagine these characters that they just kind of kill off, like having a, a second life in another franchise. Because it'd be wonderful if they were like going, you know, because that, that's the great thing about uh, Strange New Worlds being part of the same universe is that potentially you could be like, hey, Strange New Worlds just has Tilly in it, like could come over. That would be great. You know, all of you, because um, I think the best thing is, uh, like, actually, bizarrely, the best things about season two are uh, Una. Number number one, number one and yeah, she's so good. Like I, I have a, I have a girl crush on. Uh, she's not called Una in Rebecca Romain. She's she's just called number one in the series, isn't she? she? No, she she, does, she, gets she does have a name. In, no. Okay, yeah, she has a name in yeah. season two, but they, they still call her number one because that was the the before she name of the character in, yeah, before they named her well, it was the myth wasn't it because no one had a name she was just known as number one she was this mysterious character well, that's it, but i don't remember in season two of discovery them calling her una i i like literally even at the court martial at the end where they're sort of debriefing her uh, it's like oh what's your name number one and you're like 
okay <laughs> you know and it's like and then, and then it was like and i was like oh cool did they name maruna when it gets his i believe anyway. it was a short trek afterwards um where oh, really? i think it's spock's first day or something like that anyway um let, let's... she is phenomenal anyway let's get on okay but, but sorry, let's all everyone. Agree. sorry yeah. everyone listening let, let's for all... my big rant on discovery let's but... all agree the vast cavernous turbo lift corridors are bullshit um but yeah <laughs> so the reason why um <laughs> the re- the reason why Sinoise is is blasting through Discovery is because obviously season five is uh, quickly approaching. Paramount are saying mm. early two thousand and twenty four. We believe it's going to be February March perhaps because Paramount has literally nothing else Star Trek related coming up because of the strike. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but what we will be doing, we will not be doing a weekly review of star trek discovery we will do a mid-season review and Mm. then we will do a season review when star trek discovery ends i think it's going to be more beneficial that that we do that and it also allows Mm. us a chance to revamp our schedule and provide more uh, star trek content uh, for you lovelies because a lot of our audience has not seen a lot of Star Trek. And I think there is a lot of great legacy episodes and movies that we can discuss on here to, to educate and and sort of invite more people into Star Trek, entice them in. And let's not forget, yeah. it's also a great excuse for us to bring um, Mark, 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 the friendly Minnesotan Tribble, and get drunk in Hawaiian <laughs> shirts and talk about Ryzen episodes. But yeah, this is because this is what I was saying before. It's like while we're doing lower decks, I've become a bit conscious that a lot of the people watching and in the chat, they're watching like to listen to us and to like hear us be passionate about it, but they haven't seen the episode themselves. Yeah. And because it is, it's locked up on Paramount Plus. If you don't have Paramount Plus, you can't really watch it. Whereas with our episodes where we're going, hey, we're reviewing episode season four episode seven of like next generation that is on netflix yeah you have a you know the here's a week warning go on netflix watch it in your own time and then you'll know what we're talking about when we do it i think that's a lot easier i think you know at least if we do stuff in a retrospective of discovery Mm. it's given people enough time to have watched the season and then we can go hey here's a roundup rather than us being like oh you didn't watch it well don't listen because spoilers <laughs> yeah and, and it also it, it gives you guys the chance to experience the double wheel of episodes double, double, wheel of um, double. but it but it helps it, it it's it's nice for us because we get to take a trip down memory lane relive our childhood relive our every days because we always watch star trek here trekking up north uh, and, and just enjoy those classic episodes but there may be episodes that Sunoise has never seen there may be episodes that uh, are so obscure we can't remember you know there may be original series episodes well where... I, I i was saying to you i've never seen any of the animated series exactly so, you know when we when we get one of those it'll be like oh this is crazy this is going to be really exciting the last time i saw the animated series was the 1990s so it will be exciting for me to take that trip down because it is the 50th anniversary of the anim- animated series as well this year so it's nice to take a trip down memory lane and go oh well because for the longest time the animated series was never considered canon now it is it's like mm. let's understand where this fits in what the law is what it brought to uh star trek i mean it brought robert april into mm. the star trek universe 
all right, he was a grey-haired white dude, but (laughs) (laughs) nonetheless... There's none of them in Trek. But he was a bad man. Um, But the Robert Abel we got in Strange New Worlds is, is brilliant. And you know we can we can we can delve into that because it will be refreshing for me. But I just think it 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 just it's a bit of fun. And yeah, after Discovery, there is not going to be a lot on. So we've we've sat down and we've we've developed a schedule for every month in two thousand and twenty-four. We know what we are doing. There will be bits where I'm away recording live episodes of Trekking Up North in the United States at conventions, mm. namely Las Vegas. How I'm gonna survive how I'm gonna survive in forty five degree heat in August, um I don't know. I may burst into flames. The ginger I, 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 I just think you shouldn't. I just think just just die. I think. I will. I yeah. will. But <laughs> so it also You'll come back later. You'll you'll have to go on the Black Mountain. You have to I shall I shall fight the koala. Praise beards of the koala. Uh, But it also frees up uh, opportunities for us to bring in uh, friends of the show and very special guests to Mm. talk about certain episodes. We've got the lovely Nita, who is a Klingon... She's a Klingon (laughs) warrior from the USS Caliente. We can bring her in to discuss Klingon-centric episodes when they are selected. We've got when the strike ends... Unplanned Trek we can have on. Unplanned Trek. We've got Mark. We've got Clone Star. Mm. We've got... um, uh, what was I going to say, Damon, uh, mm-hmm. who's been in uh, Star Trek to discuss this, obviously when the strikes are over, but yeah. <laughs> it just frees up the, the opportunities uh, to do that. And I think it's a lot more exciting for you guys. So without further ado, shall we get mm-hmm. into this week's mind-blowing episode of Star Trek Lower Decks? Mm-hmm. Yes, we should. And this is interesting because A, this episode is great because it ties into obscure stuff that we were talking about earlier. Like mm. it, it had the the twist in it that it's been building up to for nine episodes now. The big reveal happens in this and nobody, nobody would have guessed it at all. Anyone who says that they guessed it is a liar. <laughs> I'm putting it out there because it's so obscure. Well, we thought it was careful in the same way. We thought it was Keiko. That, that is kind of our ghost. It could still be Keiko. Oh, pulling the strings. But yeah, we'll get we'll get to it later, but it's the fact of... Now, you were saying before we started that this is actually your favourite episode of Lower Decks. Yes, because it's it's been... Um, what, we no, what we normally do, what we have started to do with Trekking Up North, we... As soon as CBS releases a press pack, which is basically a load of images a synopsis and the episode title so it basically means that people like us who review this episode we go right this is the name of the episode this is a synopsis these are the images we can start doing um promotions for the podcast we can uh, get everything created get everything logged in get events created so you you all know what's going on what the name is and everything mm. um that did not <laughs> that did not happen this week um what we <laughs> received was um Nine images from CBS, nine or ten images from CBS that just said episode nine. No synopsis, no episode title at all, um, <laughs> which was like, 
Okay. Is that why like, is that why Captain Squadron didn't mention the name of the episode? They yeah. just mentioned the special guest. So, I was wondering about that. I was like, but what's the episode the, called? Is the episode called the guest's name? There <laughs> were CBS and Paramount were very tight lipped, and Mike McCannon was very insistent on no spoilers, which is understandable mm. given the context of the episode. So we only found out quite literally yesterday, as soon as it dropped on Paramount Plus, that it was called the Inner Fight. That that mm. was it, and there was there's still no synopsis about this. Mm. So in order to watch it, that's how you do the synopsis. So we'll get into it. Season four, episode nine, the inner fight, which is obviously a play on words of <laughs> the inner light from the next generation. One of my well, when I saw episodes. it on when I saw it on Amazon, well Paramount, you know Paramount yeah, through yeah. Amazon. When I saw it on there, I was just like, hang on, is that? You know, like, is it going to be related to the inner light? And it's not at all. But it's obviously they just took the name and made a pun of it. Well, we but thought I was just that like, because other episodes, okay. yeah, because other episodes have played on the episode <laughs> titles, and then it's been related to that. Um, yeah. You know, like Garth, Garth, Garth Ferengis and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, this one was just literally the inner fight, but it it, it wasn't a link to that, but it was a relevant title to what we experienced within the show. Mm. which I thought was very clever because <clears throat> the show opens on Perseoff 9 where the lower deckers are fixing a shield perimeter on a little outpost. Now, mm. this shield perimeter keeps away these venomous <laughs> tremble lizards. Tremble lizards. <laughs> that these, that, I mean, if anything is going to be called an innuendo, it's yeah. tremble lizard. Oh, um, Goodwill, would you like to? Would you like to play with my tremble lizard? Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Do you it's want shedding. It's acidic. <laughs> it's acidic mucus. It's shedding. <laughs> it catches flies with its tongue. It'll um, make your eyes pop out, Goodwill. <laughs> if you touch it, your eyes will pop out. So make yeah, sure it doesn't spit on you. <laughs> I also love that the first note I took about this is that I thought that they got literally got David Attenborough to voice the anthropologist guy, the, uh, oh, the scientist, and then it like the first line really sounds like David Attenborough because the guy's trying to get that kind of vibe, and then later he just isn't, and I'm like, oh, what, what a missed opportunity. Well, well, he explains that they are there to 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 study these tremble lizards. Uh, their skin is drenched in neurotoxins, and their blood is a corrosive acid. And if you touch them, your eyes shoot out of your head. And I'm like. <laughs> And I'm very much like Boyner Mauna, like, why the fuck are you studying this when there is yeah. plenty of other creatures in the galaxy to yeah. study? Why this hill to die on? Yeah. But, but then, like, Mariner points out, like, hey, if you join Starfleet, you can see stuff like this every day rather than just focusing on one fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. So they are there to install, uh, to repair a perimeter fence to keep the scientists safe. They do it, or it'll hold up for another year. As they say that, a venomous tremble lizard bites through an exposed wire. Not a very good job from the lower deckers, I think, because part of the shield goes down and all these tremble lizards start storming the outpost and twatting themselves yeah. off windows. And I love the fact that the scientist is just like, oh, this is my life's work. He's like, oh yeah. shit, they're going to kill us! Yeah, he's like, oh, they're so majestic and they're beautiful creatures. Oh, God, you know, it's just like... We're going to fucking die! Yeah, it's like, I thought you loved them. I liked them when the shield was up. Yeah! <laughs> but then they just get attacked by all these demolizers. 
they, they bizarre, put on their anti-venomous suit, which are uh, they're exactly <laughs> like, this. Why is this a thing? It's why is an anti-venom suit. This is our first callback because these suits are actually the original series space suits. Oh right, okay. I was gonna say I was like I don't remember them having anti-venom suits in season. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I I think they've adapted <laughs> that. But as they are putting it on. Um, Mariner just runs out, grabs a tool, and just starts running out. And Bowman is just like, at least put on the pants. Yeah, that's she, it. She, she just goes total commando, basically like off the uh, fucking chain. Yeah, vigilante basically runs off. Uh, she bangs on a tray with the spanner to basically uh, get the tremble lizards following her. She jumps through the hole in the uh, electric in the force field. Yeah. She fixes the actual gate and then jumps back through before the force field like goes up again. And all the tremble lizards are on the other side of the fence. And then she comes back and everyone's like, "What was that?" <laughs> you yeah. know, like what. And she's just like, oh, God, do you have any, like, uh, baking soda or something? And then they realise. And I love the fact that before they do that, the scientist goes, ah, now I love them again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now I like them again. You know? Yeah. But, but yeah, no, and then it turns out that actually uh, Mariner's got one attached to her back and it jumps off, jumps on the scientist, and then all you hear off screen is, my eyes! <laughs> I love how calm Boimler is. He's just like, I've got it. What? Yeah. Of all the things to freak out about, that would be like the moopsy level of freaking out. Well, speaking of moopsy, this is yet another creature. This is the third creature that I want a plushie of from this one well, season. Well, like, I would love to have a tremble lizard. Breaking news coming out of Master Replicas, who are reselling the Eagle Moss Starships. They have confirmed that oh. Quantum Mechanics, who make the uh, the com badges, they subdo the, yeah. sub out the com badges, the magnetic badges, and uh, do very rare. Uh, they used to do very rare sat like they did a highly detailed Serenity from Firefly that lit up and everything. Mm-hmm. They are making Moopsy plushies. They are. Oh, we, we will be getting been... Moopsies. I That's it. Oh, I really hope though it's got a sound chip in it, so when you squeeze it, it just goes Moopsy. This is the thing, though. It's very much the idea of going, that would be listening to your audience, because that would be lovely. I mean, how cool was the one Joe had? Was that, that like, was that was custom, wasn't it? That was custom, yes, yeah, so but it was, inc- it was incredible. I would love to, I would love it, I, I, I would love to have it as an anti-theft device just in my car next to Kermit the Frog, just a moopsie. <laughs> you know, this car is guarded by the moopsie. Do you, you need the sign on your on your garden fence. You know, on your, on your gate. <laughs> you know, it's just like, warning, I have an Alsatian. And it's just like, warning, there's a Moopsie here. No cold callers. Moopsie drinks your bones. <laughs> yeah, and obviously no one's going to get it. They're going to be like, what the fuck? Who lives here? Oh, what a cute... He's drinking my bones! Um... I, I, I just love that we've pretty much in, in this series got... We've got like two incredibly cute creatures that will just horrendously kill you if they get close to you. I love it. If if this is what if Lower Decks is just going to be the plushy line of Star Trek toys, I'm down for it because Moopsy, I melted for. Maybe the the venomous tremble lizard, maybe not. However, the assimilated salamander needs to be a thing. I love it so it, much. It really got, does. I'm gonna be honest. I have I actually have too many plushies. I mean, literally just in arm's reach now. I've got my Merman from Castlevania, which is uh, from Konami. I've got my Execute. I've got my uh, executor, my favourite, uh, and then downstairs. No, and then I've got the 
I've got a little cuddly oh, Mira, the dog from Silent Hill 2. And then I've also just this week got a, a octopus, you know, from Parodius, the oh SNES game. God, yeah. It's so amazing. It's like literally like that big. And I'm just like, oh, it's amazing. But it's downstairs at the minute. I saw. But yeah, I have far too many plushies. I saw that uh, Konami was releasing the uh, three card keys from Shadow Moses. Uh, have they? That they, you know, obviously, obviously in the game it's one key, but they're they're, yeah. they're doing a three card key presentation where it's just like heat, cold, and room temperature, and I'm just like, I've got nowhere to put it, but I want it. This is the thing. It was like when we were, when we were in Newcastle and we went to oh, what's it called? Um, I think it's called All Things Geek or like Be More Geek. <laughs> Be more geek. That's it. Yeah, be more geek. When we went there, and they literally had the Resident Evil Two medallions. Yeah, you can get the you can get the the wolf medal and the eagle. They're medal. doing that and for Metal Gear like, Solid oh, as well. Okay, yeah, they're doing a foxhound medallion, and I'm just like, if it was going it's to be my very first it, tattoo, yeah. I wanted. <laughs> yeah, it was going to be my very first tattoo, the foxhound. Um, obviously, my first yeah. one's going to be the Star Trek Delta, and if anyone wants to film me being impaled to death <laughs> getting a tattoo. Well, what is it? My 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 mate has like the the mark from Berserk on his shoulder, and I'm like, doesn't that mean you die though? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, what a weird tattoo. You'd you know? be worried like, if the he just looks at when you. you have it, you're branded for death, and you're like, okay, that's an interesting thing to give yourself. But he'd be worried if he just looked at you and just went, mm-hmm. yeah, so <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway, yes. Okay. And then we get the actual intro to the episode. Yeah. We're only 40 minutes oh, into oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. Are we? Ah, it's fine. <laughs> I have ordered for the Cerritos behind me, mm. for that actual model, the space creature that sucks on the nacelle in the <laughs> intro. They've released it. It's someone's custom making them, painting them, and right. delivering them. Specifically, for that model so i'm going to and this is the best bit he said it is adjustable for either the cerritos or the enterprise so yeah. you can if you're doing say the, those old scientists you can put it on the nacelle of the enterprise so soon maybe a while because so it's coming from the colonies but it is <laughs> it but is this which colonies is this is this the jar is this the jam eaters or is it the uh the jam no it's not the jam eaters it's coming from um the the usa it's not coming from uh um nice france or anything like that it's coming from canada but i can't wait because it's so adorable as well and it it, it it fits perfectly and it's like all gel inside so you can see it actually sucking the warp plasma from the nacelle i think it's gonna I can't wait. I'm so sorry. I love that. Um, back on the Cerritos, so Boimler meets Tillin in the corridor and they're walking um, to the ready room. They are discussing... It, it also, isn't it lovely having Tillin? Like, isn't it lovely having a new character that's introduced and then actually fleshed out over a course of a couple of episodes mm, rather yeah. than just being there randomly and never fleshed out? It, 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 <laughs> it, 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 it's almost like some other shows should um, take mm. notes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but just, I'll just get... I'll just kick Kick the body while it's there. It's <laughs> fine. It's cancelled. So they're walking. Um, they're walking along the corridor, and they're uh, they're understandably worried about Mariner, who has not been the same since their visit to Franganar. As they walk into the ready room, they see Tendi and Rutherford there, um, and it's a bit weird because they've never all been called into the ready room at the same time. What's going on? Well, um, without Mariner, without Mariner <laughs> as as well. Freeman, being Freeman, just walks in and goes, "Why the fuck is my daughter trying to?" 
unalive herself. <laughs> I'm trying not to say it on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. YouTube. It's like it's like being on TikTok, being like, I don't understand anything because you're not allowed to use any words. It's yeah. like what an interesting one. I'm gonna say alive. I'm gonna say alivened. Um alivened. <laughs> trying to trying to unalive themselves. Um and they, they 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 are all understandably worried. Boimler suggests that Mariner speaks to Migley more. However, Mar uh, Freeman goes, there is not enough time because we have received intel from Starfleet in regards to the ship that has been abducting non-Federation um, starships. Mm. And it turns out that now it's going after ex-Starfleet officers. Now this is a hell of a callback. This is a hell of a roster that we see from the get-go yeah. because Ransom brings up the list of the people that need to be secured from this ship. Seven yeah. of nine. Thomas Riker. Beverly Crusher. Yeah. And Nick and... Lacano. <laughs> and everyone's just like, Nick Lacano, that name is familiar, but I have no idea who that is. For like, those... Thomas Riker, I had to go like, the clone, you the know, clone, the transporter yeah. clone. You know. For, for those playing the home game and for those who are not familiar <laughs> with the next generation, this is this. Take, take a seat. I'm going I'm to have a quick sip of martini and then I'll get into my Trek Tech Trek okay. facts. I'll do a quick dance to entertain people. Mm. Delicious vermouth. Nick Lacano was a character in The Next Generation's Season 5, Episode 19, called... What was it called? It was... Uh... I know this, the the First Duty. First Duty. It was Yay! called First I Duty. Sorry, I didn't write it down. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. in that... Uh, we see Wesley Crusher, shut up, Wesley, um, <laughs> is on trial with the rest of his uh, team for the death of a Starfleet cadet after a flight display went horribly wrong. Uh, Nate Lacano mm. was in charge of that, um, and what happened was he convinced all the cadets to perform a coal vault manoeuvre, which is it's mm. called a coal vault starburst, and essentially it involves... Um, imagine the red arrows. Imagine the red arrows mm. doing a star formation and then all igniting the afterburners, and it would leave a, like a trail of stars, like a contrail of stars, mm. uh, contrail like that would be the shape of a star. This is what Nick wanted to do in space, and they would ignite their plasma all at the same time. Very dangerous. It was tried once before, and someone died. And no, no, he did. Everyone died. Because I remember died. that Sorry, yes. Picard, Picard is talking to uh, Wesley and he's like, yeah, this was banned a hundred years ago because the cadets tried it and all five of them died. It's, like it's all essentially, five ships exploded. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's essentially, guys, doing a burnout in a car whilst petrol is leaking and then pulling away while someone lights that petrol. The fuel will catch up with your car and yeah. it will ignite. You can't outrun it, okay? And it's such a it's such a weird thing, like it's such a childish thing for like Nova Squadron to be like, oh yeah, let's do this because you're like, but it's illegal. So even if you pull it off, everyone will be like, oh, that's really impressive. I actually have it's the still illegal. I, I have though. the ship on my. I should have brought it down. I've got, do you? I've got the cadet ship, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they they tried to cover it up and they tried to protect uh, Lacano, uh, and it all boiled down to it. Look, everyone knew who caused it, and it was either. All of them, or Nick. So yeah. it turned out Nick got found guilty. The old cadets got punished. It was all on their records. Wesley yeah. Crusher had to repeat uh, second or third year of Starfleet Academy. Mm. 
um and he had to he, essentially he had to live with the disgrace of what had happened yeah so that's permanently in his record because a kid died because of it a kid yeah. died because they tried to do this stupid bloody maneuver and then the idea of the their team leader trying to protect himself like you know under the guise them... of i'm protecting all of you yeah that's it and it's this you know it, it's a very strong episode and it, yeah. it's wonderful because you know it's like yeah it's it's a great episode and it introduces these new characters and then sort of manages to flesh them out and you kind of feel for them a lot like this team because you never see them again like these you know these four characters uh, you it's, know the other members of Nova Squadron. It's but um it's also the, it's, the interesting thing here though is uh, Nick is played by Robert, Tom Paris, Robert Duncan McNeil. Now yeah, and it's so weird that because I, I kind of went story. like, what, 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 why didn't I always wondered this when I started watching Voyager after seeing TNG? I was like, why didn't they just make Tom Paris's character <sighs> Nick Arcano? Like why didn't they be like? Because Tom Paris's character is he literally starts off as a disgraced pilot. And they have to get him out of jail. They have to do all this stuff in order to get him because they know that he's the only one that can pull it off. And yet they're like, now nah, we're going to create a whole new character. And you're like, but but you have that same actor playing a character that you could just continue. I, I don't know. It confuses Here me. Here is the story of Nick Lacano. Okay. So <laughs> Here is the tale of are Nick you, Lacano. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? <laughs> you, just, time, you need a storybook. I, I love this. You, sit down, boys and girls. Them's and theirs. This this is why I love doing this show because I, I just get to tell all the random shit I know. Right. Okay. It's nineteen ninety four. Uh, Do I have a time I got you? yeah, well no, you you have MC Hammer Pants. But it's nineteen ninety four mm. and development of Star Trek Voyager is well underway. Okay. The writers were looking for a hotshot pilot and they really wanted to bring back uh, Bob McNeil's character of Nick Lacano from mm. Star Trek The Next Generation because in that episode First Duty, Nick Lacano was sent to a Federation uh, penal colony, like a Federation prison, uh, where he would basically serve time for his crime. So what they devised was right. Janeway need the flying into the Badlands in Voyager. They need a hotshot pilot who can. It, it, essentially, it's like every every getaway heist movie, every fast wheelman movie. Yeah. They need a hotshot driver who is capable of of doing what they need to do to get the job done and to to save the people. So mm. in with with the caretaker, the flying into the Badlands to find the Marquis, they need Nick Lacano. So the plot was Janeway would go get Nick Lacano, played by Bob McNeil, same mm. same actor, and that Nick Lacano would then be a permanent character on Star Trek Voyager. That got mm. Bob uh, Robert Duncan McNeil, got him signed up, absolutely down, contract done, sorted. One problem. Mm. The writer of the story for First Duty wanted yeah. paying for every episode of Star Trek Voyager that Nick Lacano would be featured in because they created that character and therefore they felt they were deserved royalties from uh, Paramount using that name in every episode. Okay. Right, okay, that's it. 
I, I mean, I'm all for royalties, but it's a bit of a stretch if you're not well, the it, one it, writing if it's the their original, if, if it's their it's original I, it, story. It's their IP, yeah. but yeah. then surely when they wrote it for Trek, it became Trek IP. Yeah. You know, However, like that, that's how Games Workshop works, where they're just going, hey, cool, the writer. Well, we released it, so now we own that IP, but here's your money for the creation. <laughs> so Paramount just went, yeah, nah. Changed the nick. <laughs> Quite literally, just scribbled Nick Lacano <laughs> off off the Bible mm. and written Tom Paris because it was going to be Nick Lacano and the Admiral, who was Nick Lacano's father in the show. Yeah, they just changed it to Tom Paris. Kept Robert Duncan McNeil, and they just kept the same kept the same story. And then they just never went into his. I mean, they went into a little bit, but they never fully deep dived into yeah. the backstory they decided later on what his crime was rather yeah. than sort of so they gave with. them time to change however if you look all the way through voyager <clears throat> with tom paris's backstory and the difficulties with his father who is an admiral it is all nick lacano it yeah. is the tension between nick and the father because nick killed someone it is mm. that it is all there okay so the fans, being clever as they are, when they saw Tom Paris, they were like, that actor <laughs> was on Next Generation two years ago as Nick Lacano. So then the fan theories went, right, what happened was, in disgrace, Nick Lacano changed his name to Thomas okay. Paris to yeah. avoid the shame of everyone knowing that he was the person that killed a cadet and got other cadets mm. to cover up to save his ass. So he changed his name. And and then Tom his Paris. dad changed his exactly. name. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, so, I'm, I'm not sold on this. <laughs> so. For, but surely his dad could have been called Admiral Licardo. And he'd be like, yeah. it's not the same character. So, <laughs> it's, it's just a... <laughs> so for Lower Decks to bring such a deep cut and a canonical headache to the fray is yeah. you, you, we sat at the scene and we were like considering they've already had tom paris as a guest yes. on it it's just this idea yes. of, okay so so but the, i i love how we've just gone on one massive thing about it Nick needs Lacano. to be explained he's literally just mentioned here yeah he's, he's, what he does it basically gives us four names like seven of nine beverly crusher thomas Riker, who's a transporter accident of Riker, will Riker. yeah but but like the other the other three we know and then obviously we've gone into that because we're just like going you should probably it's a very random little reference but I quite like that they sort of went hey we're gonna resurrect this random thing just for the sake of it but, being lower decks but I love but, yeah. but I love how lower decks seamlessly uh, linked into Picard season three because they were looking for ex Starfleet officers and Beverly Crusher was mentioned because mm. in Picard season three Crusher yeah. had had left Starfleet twenty years prior which ties yeah. into uh, five years after Nemesis, where Lower Decks is. So it's like, oh, cool. So, yeah, it's, it's, they just acknowledge that she left Starfleet. So Boimler gets excited. She's like, oh, my God, we get to meet Beverly Crusher. And they're just like, yeah, no, Vancouver's covering that one. Yeah, yeah, Immediately yeah. Immediately shuts that down. And yeah, like that's that. it. So, you know, because obviously as soon as we see these things, we get very excited that it's like going, mm -hmm. oh, we're going to get Seven of Nine. or Oh, we're going to get Crusher in it. No, no. Like, literally, they go, no, we are... Our mission is to go after Nick Lacano. But 
the actual our character, the main the main cast are given a very different mission. They because are. basically because Mariner is so determined to do everything the most dangerous way possible and potentially unalive herself. I can't believe I'm saying that. I think you have to. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, audience. You know what we mean. But yeah, but it's but uh you know, because because she's so determined to do that seemingly, their their mission is to keep Mariner out of the main mission yeah. so they have to go on off a total wild goose chase take marin along with her with them so that she doesn't actually affect the main mission of looking for nick Lacano and protecting them uh which is quite an interesting one but obviously they decide between them that they're gonna have to dress it up so it seems like a dangerous mission yeah so fixing a weather boy yeah it. yeah even though it's literally just fixing a weather thing yeah and you're just like oh well now do you call him a boy or a buoy I call him a boy. Mm. I, you know, I, 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 I'm conflicted. I am very. The, the thing is, I, the the problem is, it's one of those things where I call him a I call him a boy, but I think buoy is a better name because I think boy is a really confusing name for it because you're just like, oh, I'm at sea with the boys and there's a boy. Oh, that boy is on the boy. There's you're a boy like floating going, in the ocean over there. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, there's a boy floating in the ocean. You're like that can either be horrifying or perfectly mundane. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think it's the same. It's it's like the opposite of how I feel about uh, lieutenant because it's like the idea of it's yeah that's it. it lieutenant is. But that's that. a very like, British lieutenant thing. Lieutenant makes no sense. Yeah. But it's one of those ones where you're just like no, that's one of the few times that I kind of accept the non-british pronunciation or something i think so but yeah i should say boy so boy boy <laughs> yeah boy ding ding boy. so <laughs> marina uh meets him in the shuttle bay she's like woo girls trip and boimler um <laughs> yeah but yeah girl trip plus boimler <laughs> i love that um and she is excited because it is a dangerous mission she's like how dangerous is it and it's like oh well you know we have to be high alert but, for this one I've written it down to Lynn says it will be 2.47 times more perilous if you remain uninformed of the details. I like that. That's a <laughs> Which Vulcan is effectively, vibe. It'll be more dangerous for you if you don't, if we don't have to lie to you and tell you what's going on. I love that. So they, um, <laughs> so they warp to uh, Sherbel 5 to uh, conduct the repairs on this weather uh, boy, 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 David boy. boy? I'm just going <laughs> to call it David boy. The, yeah, David Bowie. So they're fixing David Bowie, uh, and then Tendi detects that the, the the actual David Bowie has been tampered with. It's not oh, transmitting because someone has sabotaged David Bowie. They've probably tampered with the bulge. And um, <laughs> may, may rest in peace. I love that. I love that. It's like, we, you know, because it's lower decks, we might not even be joking. They might actually just have David Bowie as a weather... Station. Listen, only on trekking up north can we legitimately talk about David Bowie's testicles in the context of a weather satellite. So they might guest star at some point. They might guest star. So as Tenti starts to discover this, we see a Klingon ship is watching them. Ooh. Back on New Axton, the Cerritos warps into orbit. Uh and I love that I love Shax is like, ah, new Axton, twice as lawless as old Axon, but without any of the charm. <laughs> and I love that because I'm like, mm, he's obviously been to Middlesbrough. So, um, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this exchange, though, where basically they're trying to get permission to land on New Axton and they're speaking to, like, I don't know, the controller, I guess. I'm going to the... call this planet Durham because yeah. they, they warp over Durham and 
they uh they are obviously they are there because uh nick lacano is known to peddle his piloting skills on this lawless planet so <laughs> they get a hail from uh durham traffic control who absolutely kicks off at the cerritos because he's like move that shit out of the way you are blocking the entrance to our planet Mm. Freeman being Freeman, she's like, oh, we are the this is the Starship Cerritos. Yeah. And he's like, I don't give a shit. You Starfleet people think because you are the Federation, you can get priority access. But yeah, it's basically, this is a lawless planet. This is basically a planet for bounty hunters and for criminals. So the idea of Starfleet just showing up being nicey-nice is not going to cut it here. Yeah. And this exchange is effectively that. The interesting thing... I think this is the closest we've got to a Star Trek Star Wars crossover. Thank you. This whole thing Thank you. is incredibly Star Wars. Like, do, do you know literally, what? The, the, the Durham traffic controller there is literally, he's dressed like he's on the Death Star. He's got a British accent and he's got a really funny local British accent. I can't quite place what region it is it's very but it's just like it's very manchester yeah it, it's this kind of thing of just being like oh hello you, you know you starfleet kind of weird... think you're yeah. all this and just but yeah, yeah i, I literally like, hang on so it's a guy in a, a cap you know doing this and then when they get down to the planet later oh, no, yeah, it's yeah, literally yeah. moss eisley it's yeah. you know that everything about my it. my notes right my notes <laughs> from then on in are all star wars related guys and just yeah. before i came on uh air i did i had a read of a few other reviews um like our friends at trek contract movie star wars star wars star wars star wars but we'll get into yeah. that so you even see a lizard guy and i'm like that's fucking bosk yeah <laughs> that looks like fucking bosk so you know? Durham Traffic Control um, is basically said to the Cerritos, move your shit, go to the park and ride on the second moon and get a shuttle, right? As they do this, this, this little craft warps in, gets zipped straight through the straight past the Cerritos, gets priority yeah. access and gets it's down to the planet. Through. Yeah. And, it's, and, and like, also oh. the captain's cool because it basically shows the guy uh, piloting the, sh the, the ship that goes through and he's like a proper typical bounty hunter mm. and he's got like this full helmet on but where he's scratched in like a skull motif and it looks badass and you know like one of these typical bounty hunters and it's the idea of obviously starfleet are just going to get picked out immediately and then this guy's just like oh, i'm a bounty hunter and they're like okay cool you can go in yeah. it's so the, the whole thing is basically freeman looking really shit but just not knowing how to deal with this race <laughs> you know Despite her, this planet of people. despite her flaunting that she took like courses at the academy to deal yeah, with these places, like, but but through gritted teeth, she agrees to park the Cerritos on the second moon of the Durham Park and Ride, and get the <laughs> the Go Northeast shuttle bus from the Durham Park and Ride into Durham Town Centre. So. <laughs> Anyone who's not from the northeast are going to be like, "What are they on about?" I just love it. We've changed New Axton to be Durham. Durham, I love that. Um, so you can actually get parked in New Axton though, which is interesting. So that's the only real difference. And there's actually stuff to do. But anyway, back on uh, back on Sherpal Five. <laughs> Sorry, there's a TGI now. It's fine. Back on Sherbal 5. <laughs> the worst than fucking Sunderland. It was like before we were talking about this, where we were just going, yay, Sunderland, we have five hotels and 
the cinema's closed now. And you're like, oh, okay, so what, what are people going to do when they get here? They'll come for the restaurants. Yes, they'll come for our two new restaurants and then they can stay visit our, our 60 pound hotel. They can visit Friends of Nerdy Up North, the AFK bar, and ah. enjoy their two for one cocktails oh, I was and play there. some I was retro consoles. Plug, plug, plug. I, I was in there on Sunday. AFK Bar in Sunderland is amazing. It needs to be open more. There's loads of times when I've tried to go during the day, like before like 2 p.m. and it's shut. And I'm just like, oh, you bastards, I want to be here now. But when it is open, because the, the cool thing is that they do two-for-one cocktails, but where you can mix and match. Because mm -hmm. the worst thing I find is that when I go to a bar, it has like two cocktails for 15 quid, but they have to be the same, same one. one. And you're like... But I don't know if I want. I don't know if I like it. It's like I, I don't want to try anything new because you pay fifteen quid and you're like, oh, I don't like it. You know, it's that kind of thing. Whereas they do like sort of two cocktails for like nine quid, and you can mix and match. So you'd be like, oh, that's not good. I'll give that to you and I'll have yours and you know that whole thing. Anyway, so, so, that's, so, so that's the AFK <laughs> bar in Sunderland. That is the Cantina from Star Wars, the Six or Two Club from Star Trek Enterprise, or Quark's Bar from DS9, the unofficial mm. home of Nerdy Up North. Anyway, <laughs> back on Sherbel 5. I'm full of plugs. Hey, Sarah today. Peach. Hey, hey Border. I'm just looking at the chat, everyone. Thanks for keeping with us, chat. <laughs> Thanks. I do love the AFK bar. Thank you very much, Joe. You need to fly back home to the UK to enjoy their fabulous two-for-one cocktails. Back on Sherbel 5, um, the crew leaves the uh, leaves the David Bowie, um, and as they are about to walk back to the Cerritos, a Klingon bird of prey decloaks right in front of them. Mariner being the... the no, I can't even say that S-word. The unalivened, thirsty um, person that she is takes the con... And you, you I know... Uh, ad blocker, <laughs> try me. Um, takes command of the shuttle, flies away from the bird of prey, which is firing on them, firing on them. And Tendi makes a decision to do an emergency transport and beams them all down to Sherbel Five, just as the shuttle is destroyed by the Klingon bird of prey. They beam down to the planet and they are safe. And they're like, ah, oh, thank God for that. And then they hear noises from the supposed uninhabited planet and they go well it's supposed to be uninhabited because of the electrical storms in the atmosphere but the interesting thing here is that basically like what we see here we finally get some progression on the this big plot here because they stumble across the missing crews fighting each other we see a oh, no, being chased by no no it's the it, next scene isn't it it's... like it's still that scene uh, yes, it is. It's that scene because uh, yeah. well, just before that, I wanted to discuss how Mariner is like. She hears the noise and she's just like, "Bring it on!" She's like, "Very yeah. like." She's just like, "Oh, I'll, I'll kill whoever it is." Bond yeah, is like, "We, we should find shelter." Being... Yeah, and then she's just yeah. like, "Bring it on!" And she just goes after them, <laughs> and then we see, uh, like you just said, there the Ferengi and the Romulan. Yeah, Ferengi being chased down by a Romulan, and they fight, uh, they fight and whatnot, and then in the background, a Klingon wearing a creature's skulls so he's basically made himself a full sort of outfit uh basically sneaks up on them but then steps into a trap that the romulans laid for him oh and then basically he turns and then it turns out that the frengi and the romulan are actually in cahoots with each other to trap the klingon basically being everyone playing to their strengths now hmm. this is where you know where you get something in a show and you've been and you've been waiting for something and then you, your brain starts racing and coming up with loads of ideas. 
I was like, okay, so these are the crews that we've seen kidnapped throughout the season so far. Could the villain, could the thing doing it be the Herogen from Voyager? Oh. Because their whole their whole thing is that basically they just want to be, they're basically the predator from the movie. Hmm. Uh, that basically just wants to test its metal against all these different races. So the idea of going, oh, have they populated a, uh, a planet with different stolen races purely to sort of fight them or hunt them or whatnot? And it's not that. That's not it at all. But it's the fact that I got that little burst of excitement of being like, whoa, you know, it's Lower Deck's going to bring the fucking Herogen into this, you know? I would, yeah, because there is speak of the Herogen. Even the Gem Hadar you could do it with. Yeah. Know. But there is speak of the Herogen in Picard. Mm. Because by the time Picard is aired, the Herogen have made their way to the Alpha Quadrant. Because obviously they, yeah. you know, the, 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 it's, yeah, they, they, they yeah, have. That's it. Um, but yes, it, like you, you're quite right. It was a ruse by the Ferengi and Romulan to trap this uh, mysterious figure who, you know, is a Klingon. Um, I didn't realize he's a Klingon, but we find out later that it's a dressed up Klingon. <laughs> and whilst, again, Boimler urges caution and to just witness what goes on, Mariner goes absolutely gung ho, starts kicking the living shit out of the Ferengi <laughs> and the Romulan before the Romulan knocks her on her ass and takes her away. Uh, and the crew have to take her away because the uh yeah they just drag her away they're like no don't do this (laughs) because the klingon has come back and started fighting the romulan back on new axton let's be honest this is tatooine that's what's on my notes yeah that is what it is literally moss eisley this whole thing like the bars like literally like i said before it uh, it shows like a a a lizard creature walking past you you can literally see it right now as you say that it was on it? it was on the slideshow there uh, yeah. They are walking towards a bar called mm. Mud's Bar, Harry Harcourt <laughs> Fenton Mud, uh, from the original series and Discovery. But as they walk past, it is literally Bosk. Yeah, there he is. I can see yeah. it now and thing. Yeah, um, yeah it, and, and I love the fact it's very it's, cool. But instead of two moons, it's three. Yeah, and instead it, it's of just really cool that Star Trek are like. Because there's so much animosity between people because, like, people go, oh, you have to like Star Trek or Star Wars. You can't like both and it's got to be a versus thing. You're like, no, enjoy both of them. Like, it's... I do. You know, it's that weird battle. Yeah, it's that where people are like, oh, no, you're not allowed to like that if you like this. And it's like, no, you can be a fan of both. Like, obviously, Star Trek is my passion, but I've still watched all the Star Wars. I still know all about it. Obviously, come into conflict because I kind of prefer... Star Wars after Disney, maybe you can like know. you can as like. in Rebels was amazing, as yes. in fucking like Clone Wars was absolutely amazing. You know, Mandalorian amazing. You can like whatever you like, as mm. long as it's not Babylon Five. But the the yeah, no. the contrast that, that, yeah. that's an unforgivable sin. So I mean, this 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 new Axton or Durham. There's three moons instead of two. Uh, the shuttle is Luke Speeder, just without the thrusters on their sides. Yeah. The music is so New Hope. <laughs> Come on. Can they get done for this? Like, it's a weird one, isn't it's it? A you're just kind of like going, it's so, it, it is a homage, but you're just going like, you know, like it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a homage. It's like maybe a bit of a parody. It's, yeah, it probably falls into that kind of chord, yeah. but it is wonderful. Well, like. Freeman, Shax, and Rutherford, they, they arrive on Durham and they are walking <laughs> towards uh, a bar which is on, uh, or it's a franchise bar by Mud, because I don't think Mud would be alive mm. by this point in the Star Trek timeline because he was in the original series. Yeah. Um, Although we, we missed the bit with Pockets where Rutherford. Oh, yes, is the pickpocketing like... district. 
Yeah, where they're in the pickpocketing, and he's like, "Luckily, we don't have pockets." And he puts his hands on. He's like, "We do have pockets. Did you know we have pockets?" And yeah, it's it's just it's never never existed. Never, pockets have never been a thing yeah. in Star Trek uniforms. I, I and always just finds out that actually they have pockets. I always because uh, with with this uniform, uh, obviously when we go to conventions in the area or you know the the big ones like MCM in London, I'll be wearing a uniform and. Mm. I was like, I can't just wear formal trousers because when you wear a Starfleet uniform and you wear formal yeah. trousers, it's like you're partly going to court dressed as Jean-Luc Picard. And so I found these like combat jeans where they've got like mm. the side pockets and I was like, every Starfleet officer should have these this type of thing. And what annoys me <laughs> is the cadets because when, uh, you know when Narg is at Starfleet Academy? Yeah. He wears combat trousers with his uniform. And I'm like, why is this not a thing throughout Starfleet? Like, they've got mm. more pockets. They can hide, like they can carry more stuff. It would be more practical. But we never see but, pockets. But Starfleet isn't about uh, possessions or materials. You know, it's that, that idea of why do you need pockets? You just need a, a phaser on your belt and everything else. You not can even a belt. It's a it. Velcro like thing that attaches yeah, to it as well like there's no belts guys no one like, to be fair, in Starfleet I do, I do has pants like, issues I do quite like that we're talking about pockets and Donna's just uh, rejoined oh, the chat no. and I remember at uh, I remember at Donna's wedding where Kelly I think it was Kelly and Donna had a discussion yes. about how their dresses had pockets and it was just and that's the thing you forget this as a man but you forget how rare it is for women's clothing to actually have sensible amount of pockets because it's this idea of just being like yeah how crazy is that like literally like I take for granted that I have pockets in everything I wear and then obviously you wear a dress and you're like I, I guess I just don't have things then you know it's... they have handbags that's the justification for the fashion industry and it's just like not all women want to have a handbag all day every day everything they... should have fucking pockets every dress every every item of clothing for women should at least have a cheeky pocket somewhere i i know? did see once something called utility socks where there were socks that went up to your calf and they had yeah. a pocket on the side <laughs> that's like tactical well, that socks thing? What's that thing that's kind of cute that they have in like sort of like 50s, 60s movies or whatever? You know where the guy has a packet of cigarettes, but it's rolled up in his like sleeve? Oh, yeah, like a biker, like a greaser. The, the, the yeah, that, that's it. You know, and I, I think it looks pretty cool, but that's like the that, but with your legs. <laughs> you just have the cigarettes just in your socks. Just rolled up in your socks. Oh, God, imagine smoking that. <laughs> we can make this a trend. It's new merch. It's new merch. Nerdy up not. Well, I have... How many times have I asked for nerdy up north socks? God damn it, make it. Speaking of merch, <laughs> speaking of merch, merch, merch alert, merch alert. Merch alert. Well, to be fair, uh, Jake got his uh, his special yeah. t-shirt today because of winning the Sonic race. Um, shout out to the lovely Nina. Nina. Uh, who is a friend of the show and friend of the shuttle yes, show. Yes, look at that. Who picked up her trekking up north uh, t-shirt. I have had, I have had a lot of people since the lovely Mark Cartier uh, did a merch drop in the rebroadcast of the... This was in front of Eugene Roddenberry, guys. Now, <laughs> for those that don't know, Eugene Roddenberry is the son of Gene Roddenberry who created Star Trek, and Eugene is the fucking producer of New Trek, right? This was in front of the lovely frosted-tipped gentleman, uh, Connor Trinier, uh, mm. Dominic Keating, Eugene Roddenberry! 
uh, Erica LaRose, <laughs> who is like stunning, and then she's the stunning. she's so nice as well. She's, she's so lovely. lovely, and then the uh, Minnesotan triple Mark Cartier, um, and I, <laughs> I loved, <laughs> I loved the fact, and this is why we've been able to to trick most Americans. He mentioned trekking up north, and everyone just went, "Oh, is that Canada? Got him!" Right? <laughs> it's yes. not fucking shit, Canada. Oh, guys, we are far from Canada. But uh, <laughs> yes, if you guys uh, would like a trekking up north T-shirt, please, please leave a comment below or message me privately on all the social medias, and I will see what I can do for you. Ooh, yeah, oh, we actually going to start doing merch. Merch drop, yes, because Daddy needs money. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's all very new hope. They go to Mud's Bar. Uh, they are confronted by a bouncer, and again. They think, because they are Starfleet, they can just walk in. And the bouncer goes, nope, nope, nope. There is a two-hour wait. Your name is not on the list. And she's like, well, it doesn't even seem that busy as we see this little, like, pig. Wait, wait, I, lo- I love that she's just being really shit. Like, she literally comes up to them, and they're all fully dressed as Starfleet officers. And she's like, hi, I'm a criminal, and the- this is my gang. And hi. he's like, you're blatantly Starfleet. Me and you're my not getting gang. in. It's a two-hour wait. Me and my gang want to get into some... Ruckus, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, and he's just the most badly handled situation. You're in this, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not fighting anyone in this swagger. <laughs> so yeah, so. But I love the fact that um, I've just saw the word thong on the chat, and I'm not even going to interact with that. Uh, Wait, and I, it's not even related to Lee. I'm just like, you know, it's missed opportunities. Uh, so uh, yeah, so as they are trying to get in. Uh, the mysterious bounty hunter that we saw zooming into to Durham gets <laughs> to go straight in. Yeah. And then the bouncer is such a dick to the away team. He's just like, oh, it's an extra half an hour now. So it's two and a half hours. And as they... Well, well, well what they say is basically they like they just let the bounty hunter in. And then they're like, oh, but, but you can't let him in. What if he gets to our information first? And he's like, oh. Well, that's an extra half hour on your wait then, just to make sure that he does. And I, and I literally love... everyone on this planet being a dickhead to Starfleet. And I, and I love the fact that as they leave, two aliens walk in. They're like, "Hey, come on, guys! We've got a fifty percent off discount for tripeds." As a fellow with three legs just walks <laughs> right. into the bed. I love, like, I love that. Eight four seven two. It's like what a very specific sale to have. I love the fact it's like you've got three legs, fifty percent off, and I'm just like, oh. But then we can't make jokes about Rolf Harris. Anyway, they... um... (laughs) Why did he want that kangaroo tied down? Back on Sherwood 5... (laughs) (laughs) You ever tried to roofie a kangaroo? It's not easy. It's really not. Fuck the Tories. (laughs) While we're here, fuck the Tories. Back on... We went pretty far. We went 74 minutes, according to this, without saying One hour and 15 minutes before we fucked the Tories. (laughs) Back on Sherbel 5, Tendy comments that the Romulan that they've just saw uh, get into that fight looked really strung out. Uh, Mariner Mm. thinks that the Klingons must have something to do with it. You know, why did a bird of prey prey, uh, attack a Federation shuttle? There must be something behind it. I want to know what's going on. Interesting little side note here. Did you hear the conversation between Tillin and Mariner? Because Mariner goes on about the battle uh, between the Klingons and the Packlegs, Packleds no. that they were part of, and Tillin goes, "Wait, you were part of that battle? 
No, so Mariner goes to Tallinn. Wait, you were part of that battle? And I'm like, I'm still convinced. I am still convinced there's something deep down inside me. Tallinn's a Romulan. Possibly. It's it's one of these where it's a strange one though because we've kind of had like Jacob Ross Meek, Jacob Reese Moggs just unsubscribed. I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That suggests he can use his hands. Please, that that fella can <laughs> caress a bell. Anyway, you were like saying... literally like Jacob Reese Mogg. He literally he walks like a thunderbird. Like you know, in a sort of like oh just fucking hell. You know, I'm getting the word. Yes, you're right, Joe. I'm getting the word nonce. Um, yes, that is slander. Come for me, Reese. Um, yeah, but it's the idea of just like we we've already had like Talin's. It just feels so weird. What having watched Discovery and then uh, us talking about a secondary character having backstory. Um, but the fact of like Talin's been fleshed out like nicely by episodes this season, where we actually find out that like she really does want to go back and that she's actually been exiled from her Vulcan fleet and whatnot, and that. Being on uh, being on the Cerritos is a punishment for her. So I don't know. I don't know if she could be a Romulan. I hope I it like isn't. The idea, I Because I, I quite like her, and I think I'd be upset if she was like a double agent or something. But I kind of wonder if maybe she was a double agent. So maybe she sort of pretended to be a Romulan or something, or... I hope I, don't know. I hope it's something other than that. But I, I keep getting these little but, inklings all the way through the season. At least we have faith that the writers of Lower Decks will do something with this, that it's not going to be a red herring, that it's the fact of in the next season we'll be like, oh, there's more character development on Talin, rather than there's your episode and you die at the end. If, but... if this episode has proved anything, it, it's that the writers are geniuses and absolutely deserved everything they got from the saga, uh, from the uh, WGS strike. Um <laughs> As... Hold on, the, the chat's talking about the chat's they want talking merch. about merch. They want goodwill pants, goodwill nipple guards. <laughs> My nipples are raw, and I've tried everything. <laughs> That's very Klingon. We need nipples up north. Um, yeah, I want a Sonoy's beanie. I mean, I'm what wearing... would a Sonoy's beanie be? I'm wearing Greg socks. Does that wouldn't count? a Sonoy's beanie just be like a furry bald cat? That it would basically it would just make you look bald. It would just be a beanie that's the colour of your skin. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Oh, okay. Um, a goodwill scrunchy. Okay. Sorry, anyway. I'm, I'm, goodwill I'm cup for men. Mm. Anyway, as um, <laughs> they are discussing the, the fight with the pack legs, a Cardassian jumps on Boimler. And Boimler naturally just screams. Tillin just nerve pinches the fuck out of the Cardassian. Fill the spoon, dear doctor. And the... Uh, no one no. knows what that means. Carry on, move on, move on. No one knows what that means, and I love it. It's too horrible. <laughs> I, I'm actually annoyed because obviously... Don't tell massive him. Fan of D- massive fan of DS9, but it's the fact of like... I'm a bit disappointed that we're not seeing more Cardassians in this. Like The only other time we saw Cardassians is obviously... The you know the the bit where their ship gets stolen in this season, and then in Mariner's like training simulation she has on the hollow deck in season two, I think, mm. and then here, and it just feels a bit of a shame. But it's like, but to be fair, we did get a lot of Cardassians in DS Nine. So I think at like, this point, I just though, want to see more. In this point of the timeline, they are still rebuilding from the Dominion War. Yeah, so, they're they're yeah. not a glo- they're not a sort of universe wide yeah. power anymore. So. 
Uh, Talin nerve pinches the Cardassian, uh, and they suggest that they go find shelter in a nearby tree. Marino's fuming because she just wanted to kick the ever-loving shit out of the Cardassian, um, and never got the chance to do so. As they climb yeah. up to the tree <laughs> to find shelter, though, they uh, Tendi says, "Well, how about the relay that was linked to the uh, David Bowie, which is up in orbit? How about we use that and convert it to emanate a distress signal?" They locate it. However, it's surrounded by a load of campfires, and Boimler goes, "We can't go straight through. We can't risk going straight through." Mariner's mm. all the way up for it, and Talin just goes, "We were ordered." to keep you safe. We were ordered not to put you in harm's way. Yeah, they, they revealed that the whole point of their mission was literally to stop her fucking up the other mission. Yeah. Uh, and she asked what's... Yeah. Uh, um, they ask her what's wrong because obviously they are all worried about her because she's constantly mm. trying to put her life in risk and she has done since uh, Ferenganar and they ask her what's wrong um and she just yeah um she does want to know she changes her subject and she goes right the suggestion is that they'll go the long way around um the next day but let's just get some sleep because everyone's just acting like a dick yeah and then she you know they go to sleep in this tree this hollow this little little hollow thing that they're in yeah i don't know it's very convenient but but, but during uh, but during the night she she decides She's just going to walk out. She's just going to do it herself. As and decide she's yeah. Steps over Boimler, who is dreaming about tap dancing with Beverly Crusher, which I loved. I, I had to rewind this Did you? three times to work out what he actually says because I, I couldn't make it out. But he literally just says, teach me how to tap dance Beverly Crusher, which is a reference to the episode <laughs> of TNG where Data decides he needs to learn how to dance. But then... Yeah, he, he's going to a ball, so he has to dance with a woman at, like, a what was it? Is it a ceremony or something? And then Crusher decides, I know, I'll teach you how to tap dance, which is fucking useless for a ball, you know? But obviously it's because the actress knew how to tap dance, and, and like with Riker playing the saxophone, they were like, best put all of these skills into the show, you know? Yeah, and and, and I love that, you know... Boimler is such a fan of Beverly Crusher that he wants her to teach him to tap dance. So as she steps over yeah. and she's making her way to the relay, um, someone is following her. And then it's revealed that it is the Klingon from earlier on. And thus, a fight ensues because Mariner is Mariner. He asks her to leave. He goes, oh, she's just like, it's Randy Marsh as Mariner. That's yeah. what it, I don't hear no bell. I thought this was America. And she's just like, I don't see this. It's Kronos. You can't tell me what to do. And they just beat the ever-loving shit out of each other until a fucking glass storm. It's it's a cool fight. And I have to say, this is like... Yeah, this is is something that appears all the time in Trek. And you'll know this, whether it's a standard Starfleet fighting style or whatever. But it's like... I think it's a reference to Major Kira because uh, Mariner does the double hand smack yeah you know where you do that and you go like that that and is from tos that's it it's just like that gets used all the time in trek and i've never seen it in anything else because i know kira does it fuck tons in ds9 they do it loads obviously kirk does it loads and spock does it loads when in he's the twatting the gone yeah <laughs> that's it. 
And then they go and just like, you think that's tough? Here's a rock. And he's like, dude, just zip me down because I'm literally a dude in a polyester. Anyway, but, uh, sorry. Secrets. What? Yeah, secrets. Um, you can you can add CGI. You reckon blinking. they're going to do like a remastered version of Strange New Worlds where they actually sort of CG it so that the Gorn literally just looked like the original one? I think like, they use special effects to unspecial effect it. I think they'll, class. they'll do what they did to the Klingons in Enterprise to explain why the Klingons didn't have ridges in the original series. <laughs> now, no one, I just think it'd be funny. I don't think anyone knows a, what I'm on a about. Fan edit of the gun. Yeah, I don't think anyone knows what I'm on about, and it's genius because you all need to watch season four of Enterprise to understand what I'm on about. Um, yeah. And it's, it's genius. It was the best way to explain no budget in the 1960s ever it is yeah. fucking genius and rather I rather than wolf in ds9 being like we do not talk about it <laughs> i if 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 anyone if you are watching star trek i cannot recommend watching enterprise enough because it was underrated at the time and it is gaining its traction and its recognition now and season four by the late manny koto was genius and it set up easily three or four more years of star trek enterprise and it's it's so frustrating it's like firefly where it's so frustrating that that got cancelled because you saw the potential for brilliance and um, please guys stop mm. going on about spoons we are not going to discuss it anyway this is this is literally like if they do find out about this boon thing no, it's gonna won't. be worse than your parents on stream no they won't it's gonna be way worse than just be like oh no, no anyway. they uh, please don't send me spoons so um ironically at work we were running low of spoons and i just fell on the floor in the fetal position <laughs> I, I keep running out of them. I thought it was just an office thing. And then in the house earlier, I'm like, where are all my teaspoons? Maybe, like, we need just to, like... maybe we need to wash our cutlery. No, no, no. no anyway, <laughs> as they are fighting, uh, the electrical storm appears overhead. And it's not really an electrical storm. It's a goddamn glass storm. And shards of glass. This is... This well, is... the first warning of it is literally the Klingon is just saying something and then this massive shard just lands in his back and they're just like, what the fuck is that? And then loads of them come down. It's like, yeah, and then and then Mariner just writes, just yells, glass storm. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, that, that's a thing? So they run... Yeah, it's just raining shards of glass. <laughs> but, but they run for shelter and, and what's, what happens next is possibly one of the greatest scenes in Lower Decks for me. Mm. Um, we get this lovely bit where it's a standoff. The Klingon and Mariner, they're, they're seeking shelter. They can't mm. fight because it's too limited, so they can't have this epic fight that they both want. So they're just stuck there. And then in a, in a dramatic role reversal, it is the Klingon that initiates a conversation with Starfleet. Mm. Um, and he's like, you are Starfleet, but you are with honour. You have a will. You have, you know, this, this you mm. know... He senses that Mariner, there is something eating away, and he's like, you wage war upon yourself. And Mariner... Yeah, like, why are you so self-destructive? Yeah, <laughs> and, and Mariner just goes, well, one of us is going to die anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter what I say. And she... So they get this wonderful heart-to-heart -heart between yeah. two total strangers, and... And this is the thing, it's the fact of sometimes it's a lot easier to speak to a stranger about problems because A, there's no attachments there, and B, it's the fact of they can see things 
from a different perspective. Whereas, you know, like if people know the full context of stuff, it might, you know, or if they know you personally, it could like, you know, they could read into things too much. So it's it's this great little moment between them where basically Mariner get opens up to this random Klingon that she's been fighting, like an actual enemy, you know? But she explains that she's been promoted. She did not want to be promoted. She's worked to get demoted, but her CEO, Ransom, is mm. not having any of it. And we've seen this in earlier episodes where he's just determined to make he's her... He's actually supporting her, yeah, which he hasn't had before. Her. Yeah, uh, she, she, so she's she's actively trying to work against the CEO. So the Klingon goes, "Wow, well, you obviously must hate Starfleet." And then we get this confession that she doesn't hate Starfleet, and we get an explanation that back in the academy, she wanted to be a Starfleet captain. That's all she wanted to be, and she modelled herself on her friend. Um, who was a, it was a perfect friend she modelled her, her values, her behaviours her drive on her friend Sito now for me when I heard that name I was like oh my god I, <laughs> I lost I lost my shit but we'll get into, we'll get into why shortly mm. she explains how Sito uh, was this perfect Starfleet cadet was a perfect officer and rallied so much that she got a position on the USS Enterprise. And then she then says she got this position and then was murdered by Cardassians. She didn't want to be a spy. She just wanted to explore. And mm. because her friend got murdered, it destroyed, it destroyed Mariner. And she did mm. not want to be an ensign. She did not want to be anything more than an ensign. She did not want to send people to die. Now, for those playing the home game, or for those that don't <laughs> know, Star Trek Lower Decks is named after a Next Generation episode called Lower Decks, Season 7, mm. Episode 15, which focuses not on the main crew, but the ensigns of the Enterprise, which were nicknamed the Lower Deckers because mm. they are posted on the lower decks of the starship doing the menial jobs or they're yeah. quartered on the lower decks. It's it's a great little episode. It is it's a, a really good little episode. Beautifully written TNG. episode, yeah. Um, and, it, and it's in that last season of Trek where they were going, hey, what have we covered before we finish? And obviously we did get some weird ones such as, um, uh, you know, Candle Slag. Uh, some weird episodes where they were like, oh, well, before we finish, let's get this out of the way. But Lower Decks is a great episode of uh, TNG. Seto was a Bajoran, one of the first Bajorans to join Starfleet. Now, this was at a point in Star Trek where uh, this was season two of Deep Space Nine. So mm. the Cardassians and the Bajorans were still at odds with each other. Cardassia just... Uh, left uh, Bajor, left Deep Space Nine, and there was still that animosity between them. There was issues with the Cardassians, and what they needed was that there was there was a a Cardassian defector who was trying to uncover a plan by the Cardassians, but they needed a Bajoran spy. Mm. They asked Seto, who was an ensign on the Enterprise D, to volunteer to be that Bajoran spy. She was never a spy. She was never anything to do with that. Her family fled the occupation, etc., etc. 
but she volunteered. And the rest of the lower deckers, they didn't want her to go, but they didn't they, they didn't know where she went. She they just said that it was on a special mission and there was rumors and everything. It's all about how communication on a starship is not always transparent, not always hey, this is what we are doing, this is where we are going. It's always the lower deckers, the lower rankers don't know what's happening at the top. They just do their mm. jobs. And their friend has disappeared and they don't know why. And the rumour mill starts playing up. And it's like, oh, well, she was taken by Kardashian. She was kidnapped. She was this. She was this. Sadly, Seto dies mm. and is murdered by the Kardashians. And I just think to come full circle with not only yeah. Mariner's backstory of why she is what she is, but Lower Decks as a whole, I think this is a beautiful, beautiful way to link it all. Uh, Mystic yeah, Wolf. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Mystic Wolf. Seto was also one of those in Wesley's group at the Academy uh, when one uh, died from the Starburst. Yeah, so again... Yeah, it's Nova Squadron. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's another link. And again, guys, which, the writing... Which is absolutely brilliant. And the idea of... The, this whole thing of realising that Mariner doesn't want to actually get a proper rank because then she has to order this because that is a fact of Starfleet. It is. If you are in charge, you are in control of people's lives. You, you know, like you are going, hey, we're going to do this mission. You might die because of it. And that's purely because of my orders. And yeah, and, it, and it's it's a really serious thing. Like for, for something like Lower Decks to deal with the idea of, whoa, okay, like, taking on responsibility over people's lives is like a factor of rank is yeah. yeah i think it's really impressive but yeah great call mystic wolf that's really good it's one of my favorite scenes of uh lower decks and it, it after four years of lower decks and we get an explanation as to why mariner is like she is because we just thought she just she doesn't want complications. She just wants to take it easy. She doesn't want the responsibility command. And then to get an explanation as to why she does not want that and to have it so beautifully linked to the original originating episode of TNG. And then, like Mystic Wolf has just said there, to then link Nick Lacano in the same episode yeah. with Seto, season five, season seven, with Lower Decks. It's absolutely all we want to have beautiful. Trek written by fans. It's there with the amount of Trek fans out there. There is no reason for the writers of new shows not to be massive Trekkies themselves. Like you know, it's. But it also it makes the cameos, it makes the references seamless, mm. relevant, and not shoved down your throat with other like like with other cameos where this is just yeah. like this is a living, breathing universe. These people exist, and Lower Decks, what lo and we, we've said this multiple times, what Lower Decks does brilliantly, it's just like, oh, yeah, Beverly Crusher, well, yeah, she's in there. Oh, yeah, Thomas Riker, yeah, like, well, yeah. Thomas Riker, and it's like, it doesn't Tom Paris, it out, but... Tom Paris visiting the Cerritos, and it's like, yeah. yes, because they exist. The USS Voyager being converted to a museum, why wouldn't it be? It's just arrived from the Delta Quadrant. It's took. It's them a years. living, breathing universe, and Lower Decks, I think, does better than any other Trek show ever. Possibly, I, I think... or basically just going, "Hey, here's all these properties. Let's just flesh them out a bit." I, I... Like this season where they fleshed out the Orions, they fleshed out the Ferengi, they fleshed out, 
you know, they even fleshed out the pack lids a little in season one, which but, is, but this is what needed. It, but you know, but this is what it does best because this was peak nineties Trek where they were all on, they were all linked, so they just went about it as normal with Voyager, yeah. with you know, with the cameos that we had in Voyager, the cameos we had in DS Nine. Lower Decks continues that on. Picard yeah. did the same thing. Picard continued that on, where it's just like. Yes, you are going to see Tuvok because Tuvok mm. is a Starfleet officer yeah. in operation at this time. So why would you not just be like, oh, yeah, it's Tuvok? Why would you be like, oh, yeah, it, it, it's Ro Laren? Well, yeah, you're going yeah. to see Ro Laren because Ro Laren is in Starfleet. And this is this is what Trekkies love. It's, it's that detail where it's like we can mull over those tiny details, but they don't go... yeah it's not essential for you to know them you could be watching this without knowing anything about nova squadron without knowing anything about like the lower decks episode and stuff and still enjoy it it's basically and that's how it's written well rather than being like oh you didn't get that reference well it's kind of important you know but then at the same time it's not just oh we're just throwing stuff at you as fan service it's they work it into it. I mean, I love the fact that in this same conversation, Mariner also mentions uh, the Dominion War and being involved in that and having fighting against the Vorter and the Jem'Hadar. And you're like, yay! Because it was I, a I, thing. I desperately, I want to see a Vorter again. Please let there be Vorters but, in Lower Decks at some point. But it was a thing. It, yeah. it, it was a thing that happened. And they're just like, they're not not talking about it and they're not denying it. They're just like, yeah, well, you know, I was she. Obviously, we we are able to establish Mariner's age and how mm-hmm. old she actually is as a cadet because she's in her thirties as a cadet, mm. uh, not a cadet as an ensign. So it's like, yeah, you have been an ensign for a long time, and it explains because I think it was season two or season one where Mariner goes, "Oh yeah, when I was stationed on the USS thing and we were at Deep Space Nine and we had a fight," and and Boimler goes. You were you were an ensign on DS Nine. What? How old are you? And it's like, yeah, because she has been an ensign since twenty three. Yeah, since like twenty three sixty five, which is like they're now twenty three eighty. So that's fifteen years. Yeah. So yeah, she is in her thirties, and obviously, Tony Newson in those old scientists, it justifies why she is that old and still an ensign because, yeah. She's been an ensign yeah. for damn near twenty years because she doesn't want to progress any further. And it, it, but it's the seamless. We can, if you are new to Star Trek, it gives you that exposition to go. All right, that's what they're on about. If you're mm. like me and Sonoys, we can like go. Oh, that's great! And then I can take joy in explaining it in a show to like. This is this. This is why it's this. This yeah, is why we freak out about it. It's this thing. It's it's like it's like people who are nerdy about stuff. Anything. It doesn't matter what. It, like if you're nerdy about football and you know all the statistics for a particular player, or you know all the statistics for a particular team, or you're looking at the bloody whatever they call the score charts, being like, oh well, you know, Tottenham need to score three goals or something, and then it'll stop them getting relegated. You know all this nerdy shit that you learn. That is the fun part of the. The hobby that's the fun yeah. part of the obsession is knowing all of these facts and being able to serve them up is that that is nerdism that is like you know it's being geeky it's being nerdy it's it's fun but um 
He's yeah, we celebrating need to speed on with this episode. Yes, but I yes. love I love what Mystic Wolfer said. Like Jeffrey Coombs coming back as Wayun. Oh, I don't know. That can't be true. I know he comes back in Star Trek Online as Wayun. He does. Yes, he does yeah, come back. Because obviously in, in DS9 it goes, oh, there's not going to be any more Wayuns. And you're like, there could be, though. <laughs> you know, there's, he could happily be cloned Short within tricks. the Gamma Quadrant. Mystic Wolf says, Short Trick should totally have one episode uh, that was only Coombs' characters. <laughs> I have said this, Mystic Wolf. I have said this all we've year. We've got two on screen at one. Yeah. In, no, we've got two in one episode before. You could literally do eight Coombs' characters. I have, I have, said, I have said Star Trek Coombs. Star Trek Coombs. Where it's just literally liquidator brunt, Wayom, uh the the uh Agamus. The, the, uh, yeah, and then the cre- the creepy um the creepy guy who wants a hologram of Kira. Yes. Uh, I, I wanna see him again. That would be that is a perfect lower deck character Shran. to just bring back in. Yep, yeah. Shran. Um, anyway, we're, we're, we're yeah, anyway. really... We would love it. that. That'd be but so yeah, good. But yeah, so we, we get this admittance of why Mariner is uh, what she is. Mm. Um, Starfleet... Uh, I mean, she she eloquently puts that Starfleet is supposed to be solving the mysteries of life, not fighting wars, um, mm. and she just doesn't want to have the the responsibility to command where she will send her friends to die. Um, I love that the Klingon bonds with her about this and yeah. says that you know she is she is with honor, um, <laughs> and that you know if it's because he 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 basically says what you are doing is disrespecting the 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 spirit and the wishes of Sito who gave her life to defend the very values that you have just you know about solving mysteries and stuff like that you yeah. by rejecting Starfleet values and principles you are dishonoring Sito's legacy and that Sito would want you to to be the best you can be within Starfleet in order to explore you know in, in, in mm. order to uh what he says he's like you know um Oh, what is he, he? He says, you know, uh, solve the mysteries of life and and study plants and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but he he's like and study oh plants and they're like yeah. yes, that's a thing. Only you your, know, only your friend. Klingons just don't study plants. At so all. He gives back. He gives back the pip and he goes, only your friend. Slay your enemies and study what is it you call plants. <laughs> and I like that. And as the storm clears, the Klingon goes, we should choose a. a, a, a a better place to fight. There is a clearing, and as he's talking, Mariner hugs him. Yeah, and Eloise like, "What is this? What are you doing? Unhand me!" Klingons do not hug. Klingons do not hug, and she's just like, "We're allies now." Boop. And he's like, yeah. he's like "I did That's not." It. And he's like, "No, no, no, we must fight." And then she's like, "No, no, come on, no, we're, we're on working together. We're we gonna go and find it." Yeah, and he's like, "I did not agree to this," but he follows her anyway, and I'm just like, "Oh, yeah. a, a relationship, a love hate relationship is born." Back in Durham. But I love that they that this character, this Klingon character is great, and they fleshed him out in one episode, and you could happily just ah. keep bringing a character like this back. And it's, yeah. it's this idea, this is what I love about Lower Decks. It has so many characters that it literally introduces for a scene or two, and you walk away being like, I want to see more of them. And it's like, that's great. That's great writing. Yeah, the, the Klingon's called Ma'ah. 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 Ah, that sounds like when you sort of like slightly stub your toe. Ah, ah. ah. <laughs> um, uh, back in Durham, uh, Freeman and the party enter Mud's diner, which is clearly the cantina bar. <laughs> the music, 
<laughs> I forgot about this bit. I forgot about this run. I love this. This puppet guy. Who? What is it? What's the race that he looks like? It's the ones from the cage. No. Oh, this is right. So we we get to the bar. We see various aliens. They walk up to a puppet who resembles the same puppet that Balok used in the Corbinite Maneuver, season one, episode ten of the original series. Balok is the uh, character. It's the actor who was the chief of thing on um, the planet in Strange New Worlds. But he's been in every single Star Trek. He's been a Ferengi and everything. He's been in Star Trek since the original series. That he was, was the most on big statement I think you've ever. Do you know Umbenga um, um, and Chapel? You know that thing who was in the thing. Who was um, um, in Benger and Chapel are on the planet during the yeah. Klingon War. He was the chief of medicine on that on that planet. Um, he's one of let's have a Tranya um, in the Carbonite maneuver. That is the uh, puppet that they are impersonating. As soon as mm. I saw it, I was like, "Dude, this is the original series, <laughs> Tranya." I, um, I totally forgot it. Yeah. I literally thought it was like the aliens from the cage. In in every the... original series credit scene afterwards, the the alien puppet was was portrayed, um, yeah. and and I loved that someone cosplayed it last year at San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> uh, they did the puppet, but what they did because no one would understand. I mean, it's, the Carbonite Maneuver is a legendary episode, but mm. people recognise that more from the credits. So what he did, yeah. he dressed up as the alien and then had a bit of plexiglass with the credits on them. <laughs> so the, so people were like, what are you? And he put up the plexiglass and they're like, it's the credits from the original series. <laughs> I loved it. Genius. It's genius, is so isn't it? It's like, did you see that one which was like the... The Superman 2 one, where they're dressed as the... Uh... Yeah, and they just wear a bit of glass yeah, on where, them. Yeah, like, they look like they're trapped in the crystal. <laughs> it's just like, this is this is next-level cosplays, man. It's so good. I loved it, because it's something like, uh, and written by uh, DC Font, and it's just like, like that, and I was just like, oh, it's so fucking ingenious. Oh, we have, we have to, we have to find pictures. Of this I'll find that picture and I will put it in the in the Discord for you guys uh, in the Trekking Up North Discord. Um, but yeah, so they enter the bar um, and they go up to. This is the information broker who is this puppet, um, and uh, <laughs> I've just got new hope, new hope, new puppet. hope. It's a puppet. <laughs> wow, all the Americans are going. What the fuck? Um, yeah, so the broker refuses to get... We've got enough crazy British nonsense I in this know. episode so far that if they're confused already, that's fine. But but the information broker refuses to give information to Starfleet. And he's like, no, no, you have got two minutes to vacate the bar. And Freeman mm. goes, hang on, I've seen this before. Mm, <laughs> I believe this is a puppet. It does not look real. And he's doing like, I don't know what you're yeah. on about. He's doing weird movements that basically just look like a puppet. It looks like it's like, a you know, an animatronic, basically. Yeah. So she picks him up, starts shaking the ever-loving <laughs> shit out of him, smacking him <laughs> off a table. I want that information. And Ruth was just like, Captain, that's a real person. <laughs> yeah, he's literally scanning him. He's got like real like organs and stuff. But I just love how cute the little puppet is. He's got, but he's not a puppet. He's a little a alien. But he's got these tiny little legs, and he's literally just the size of a puppet with these little tiny 
and it, the look of terror in his eyes as he's getting yeah, thinking about she, she, she drops him and apologizes profusely and she, he was just like i wasn't going to give the information to anyone but you starfleet people think you can come in here and just shake whoever you want to shake and no who wants it who wants this information about nick Lacano? and then the mysterious bounty hunter appears the fucking bounty hunter again turns up you know i love lower decks and its ability to do running gags of basically this this bounty hunter just up, one-upping them all the time. Obtains the information and walks away, and the bouncer just comes in and goes, you Starfleet people, your mission has failed. <laughs> Get out of here, you're not wanted. And I was like, boo, boo. Yeah. And they just like walk out all downtrodden. And I'm just like, yeah, because you always get Starfleet high and mighty. And they're just like, no, fuck off. Get out of Durham. Yeah, no. I, I quite like the idea, and I quite like how Lower Decks gives us this kind of aspect of Starfleet, where it's basically like, because we had it in season two, wasn't it, where Mariner makes friends with uh, another bounty hunter archaeologist, effectively. Oh, that was uh, season three, yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, when season four now, yeah, season yeah. three. Um, yeah, it makes friends with them, and they're just like, yeah, we hate Starfleet. We don't want to be part of that. You know, that's you know that's crap you know like and it's it's quite nice having that thing rather than getting the view we usually get which is from inside starfleet about like look how lovely it is look how amazing it is why yeah. wouldn't you want to be part of this you know i I think it's quite cool having it knowing that there's a whole planet which are literally like fuck off <laughs> back on sherbel five or as i will now call it from now on endor <laughs> um we get to the relay station uh and mariner get to the relay station which again is the fucking station from return of the jedi it really is literally i'm really i'm actually surprised they didn't put some kind of rip off of ewoks in this we're getting there we're gonna get there i'm telling you next next we're gonna see fucking, next episode we're gonna, we're gonna see cuddly fucking sentient moopsies that's what we're gonna see did disney just like with their finger over the button being like sue sue um yeah, so they get there and they witness all the alien races fighting uh, one another for the food. We see that the Ferengis are being fought against the Orions. The Romulans have got the Binars hostages. They're like, let the fruit go. And they're just like, kill them. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Mariner uh, is recommended that, you know, they should buy their time and we can plan a route. And Mariner just like, just straight up just calls them all out. Calls yeah. them all out. And they suddenly just believe all oh, this is a Starfleet ruse. Because yeah. she's just appeared out of nowhere. This is a Starfleet ruse. She goes, do you know anyone who calls it? Like, we don't know, but we suspect it's you. <laughs> and yeah. um, they don't believe any of the bullshit that she's spouting. As they are going to impale Mariner, Tendi flies out, mistress of the winter constellations, demands Look, that the they Ori stand The Orions are going to attack. The Orions are going to attack Mariner. Hmm. Uh, the Orions are going to attack Mariner, and then basically Tendi jumps out of the thing, and and the Orions immediately recognise that she's literally their queen. Well, she's like the princess. She's a princess. What she's is it? Mistress of the winter. Mistress of the winter constellations. Yeah, and and so famous that every Orion knows who she is, and they immediately kneel down before her. And she's stuff, the princess and like, oh, Diana okay. of space. <laughs> no, no, she's still alive, but um. <laughs> I'll die up with the angles up there with the angles <laughs> anyway carry on this is very British this is very very British 
no one, no, no one's going to understand all these references. I'm just like, if you want to know, message me later. That's all I'm going to say. No, I didn't realize this, but Americans love the royal family. Like they know more yes. about the royal family than most of us. Heavily, do. It's do. like, oh, okay, that's crazy. I knew that there was like, is there? There's two princes, isn't there? I don't. It's not like, oh no, I, mean, I don't know. All I know is I get to pay a lot of tax. So yeah, um, <laughs> mistress of the winter constellations, Tendi herself. Uh, demands that the Orion stand down. Um, we finally get some exposition as to what's going on. The Ferengi say that they were betrayed by some um, lower deckers who mm. were fed false information to sabotage the ships, same as the Orions, same as the Romulans. Um, Mariner then performs a rousing speech uh, to unite everyone together because they've all been stranded there by one, you know, the, the same people. They need to get off the planet. They need to find out what's going on and mm. and, uh, and and uh, defeat uh, whoever has captured them. Yeah, they all agree except the Romulans because the Romulans are dicks. Um, mm. As they are discussing a plan to modify the relay uh, to emit a distress signal, Mariner is beamed away. Yeah, teleported away, and then it immediately makes all of them just be like, "Oh, hang on, what the fuck? She, you know, she must have been lying to us." Yeah. Um, the yeah, but Ma'a defender, mm-hmm. Ma'a defender, um, back on Ma'a, Ma'a. Uh, back on Durham. Um, the crew are waiting for the Go Northeast uh, shuttle bus to the park and ride uh, to pick up the Cerritos, <laughs> um, and they are a bit dejected because the mission has failed, or has it? Because Freeman reveals that it was all part of her cunning plan. Which I think is great because I didn't see this. Like, you know, I, I love the idea that I've been saying, oh, Freeman's really crap at this and that's the joke. And then the twist is actually Freeman's really good at it and knew that whatever they did, I they'd be able to tell that they were Starfleet and therefore they wouldn't give them information. So what they did is they got... They deliberately but, posed as Starfleet so that other people wouldn't look Starfleet. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that the bounty hunter with the uh, skull scratched on his cap is actually the chief engineer. What's his name again? Billups. Billups, yeah. Is Billups the chief engineer? And he just takes the helmet off and he's like, oh, cool, we got the information from them. And it, and you're just going, whoa, you just have this total flip of going, whoa, she really does know how you deal with these yeah. people. Yeah, I, I thought it was and a bit of a genius. cool little twist. So they uh, board the Go Northeast Park and Ride bus to go back to the Cerritos because time is running out to find Nick Lacano. Back on mm. uh, Endor, the bird, the bird of prey uh, detects the distress signal coming from mm. the uh, Imperial base on the forest moon. They yeah. decide to fly down. The problem is though. The location of the Imperial Station is too narrow, so they literally have to fly above it between two hills, two cliffs. <laughs> yeah. As they destroy this is that, so though, cheap. yeah. As they destroy that, though, the rest of the stranded uh, party jump onto the bird of prey, which I thought, "Fuck it, hell, that is a long jump." When you yeah, look it, at it. it, it's very silly what they do. It's but very to be silly. Fair, it's fun. Rip a hole into the bird of prey. <laughs> they storm the bird of prey, and then you just see Ma'a fucking yeah. eat the captain. I, I I love that. I was like, why why is he covered in like luminous purple goo? And then I was like, oh, I think it's because it's probably been censored because it it doesn't quite look right. 
like in the shot, and I get the feeling that maybe they got told to change it. Klingon blood is pink. Or something. No, no, but it's the fact of it's so bright. It's oh, so yeah. insanely bright. Yeah. I was just going like, okay, maybe they were like, we need to make this not look like blood as much as possible. Because even though we've had loads of blood in Lower Decks and we had that horrible leg moment last week, oh. I was just like, this is still a bit brutal that he's literally just drenched in blood. Whilst all this is going on, though, guys, we do have oh, the Cerritos. We get the twist. We, we do get have, the twist. We do have the Cerritos that has arrived at the Rebel base on Tatooine. I, I'm saying it. I don't care. There was an X-Wing there. That's all I'm going to say. They are looking for Nick Lacano. They can't find it. Back on the Bird of Prey. Boimler can't find Mariner. She is not on the Bird of Prey. So they go, where the hell is she? And then Shax goes and Rutherford goes, Captain! In Lacano's base, we see the very ship that has been taking all the other non federation we see blueprints for that ship we see the blueprints blueprints for the ship that suggests that yes he is connected to that ship that we've seen in every episode stealing all these people the Mm. final scene see (laughs) mariner waking up and she goes what in the minimalist hell because it's a very minimalist quarters and as she's trying to escape nothing in them except a table (laughs) as she tries to escape the door opens a shadowy figure is there as he walks forward, it's Nick Lacano, <laughs> played by Robert Duncan McNeil, aka Tom, Tom Paris, Paris, because of what we were talking about earlier. But yeah, I didn't see this coming in at all, and I, I, I defy anyone who says that they saw I this did not, coming. This, this is, this is, this is the polar opposite of Star Trek: Picard season three, where <laughs> we were just like, ugh. This is just like... Oh, it's the Borg. Why couldn't it be Species 8472? All the power raves, it would have been wonderful if it was the power rave. This is... This is... This blew my mind. (laughs) This is... I... I... Wow. It's so obscure. No wonder, though. No wonder this has been so tight-lipped this week. And no wonder, like, I couldn't... I couldn't watch it via vpn on paramount plus until late last night and like it was very hard to get any information even an episode name until like late last night um no wonder they kept it very tight lift and i love the fact that the cliff is like hello Marina, we're gonna have some fun together and i'm like yeah oh what and it, did it you it see the logo per- on his chest by the way what it was no the corvelt starburst starburst was it? Yeah. And it was on the Bird of Prey as well. It was on the wing of the Bird of Prey. The Starburst so love... logo. So not the basically... fruit, not the sweet, the actual like Yeah. But but what we so what we've got here is the actual the reveal is that uh Nick Lacano has basically somehow escaped from jail. He's or he's been released from jail and he's started a new rebellion where basically he's getting all of the lower deckers from the different races to rebel against their actual crews and then take over their ships so we're getting like a klingon bird of prey controlled by the lower deckers so yeah so he's literally starting like a revolution for low-ranking people because he never got to finish starfleet and it's such a strange conspiracy mind-blowing wonderful yeah, it's it's just really good that they've just gone, hey, let's do this really, really obscure thing. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it coming from a mile off, and I actually think it's kind of brilliant. And it's wonderful that we can talk about these things, because the fact is now, if it comes up on the Dabo wheel, like where we get 
uh, people will understand. What was it called? Um, I, I, literally, the the first duty, first duty or lower deckers. You know, we can talk about this. We can bring lower decks into talking about original TNG, which is like full circle. I I wow, this is <laughs> this, and I mean, Mike McCannon said the last two episodes of this season are the most Star Trek you can get. Yeah. Because yeah. this is this is brilliantly written to unite two next generation episodes into lower decks, yeah. and and sort of tackle an issue head on that is the Robert Duncan McNeil paradox of Nick Lacano Tom <laughs> Tom Paris. I do you reckon they, they can have a Tom Paris Nick Lacano fight? If they wouldn't that do be amazing link, if that happens? If they do not link. <laughs> Tom Paris and Nick Lacano next week. I will be I will be mildly disappointed because I do think Mike McCannon's got something up his sleeve to link them together in mm. some way. <laughs> in some I quite way. like it though because after you were talking about all the stuff that uh, you know the latest Trek is doing to kind of like clear up canon issues and be like oh yeah that thing that was beta canon but never official it's yeah. like now here it is. So it would be quite funny if it was like, what an interesting battle to pick that they're just like, we're going to clarify the Nick Lacano Tom Paris thing in law. It's, but it's, but if you can see it happening. It'd be great. It's mopping up at its finest, and 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 again, the the mission statement of the Cerritos is to boldly go where everyone's gone before. They do mm. second contact missions. This is literally second contact on an episode. We never got any like follow up on. Yeah, this is what they do, and this is what they are wrapping up, and th this is what Lower Decks does brilliantly, and I love it. I, I like the 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 one from season three where they visited, where one was taken over by the Breen, who were the you know the the drug pushers, who then became the desolate wasteland world, whilst mm. the actual drug users became enlightened and yeah. did meditation and stuff like that, and it's like yes, you have. Star Trek does not need to, very much like Deep Space Nine used to do, you don't need to explore strange new worlds when you've already got strange new worlds here to explore and develop and deepen the lore of. And it's... Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And the fact that Bob McNeil is coming back as Nick Lacano because they could have changed it, they could have changed the face, they could have changed... Nope. They got Tom Paris himself to play Nick Lacano again. again. They they addressed Cito head on. They they gave Mariner the best backstory as to why she is what she what she is. Mm. Well done. Ten out of ten. Yeah. No notes. Best for me, the yeah. best lower decks episode there has been. Yeah. See, now I I disagree. It's not my greatest episode of Lower Decks. But it's a very good episode. It's a Strong. it's a very good episode, and it's very enjoyable. And we've got one one more episode to go. I really don't think it's going to be a disappointment because it's mm. just a. This is the first to be continued of this season, I think. It is. So yes. it's obviously a closing two parter. And yeah, like I think literally the only disappointing episode we got of the season was for a few badgies more, which just had missed lots of missed potential and was a bit rushed, and. The one afterwards that was like a meh episode when everything else was like, you know, it was episode. like a 70% episode when everything else was like 80 to 100. Yeah. You know, 
and you're like, that's not bad. That's you know, like that, that's a really good, you know, thing. Yeah. But when we're used to it being so good. Yeah, how incredible. Like how how absolutely incredible has this season been? And it's a bit of a shame that we're finishing it next week. We'll have the final one next week and then um for a long time. Then, yeah. And then we're back into the double, uh, the double wheel. wheel. Do we need to spin the double wheel uh, next week then? Yes, we will. So I am uh, hard at work uh, looking for a way that Sonoys can actually see and react at the same time to the double wheel <laughs> as I do. Because um, it's literally, I don't know if you remember, but when we, because it's been a couple of weeks since we did the double, it's been months actually since we did months, the actual double yeah. wheel. Christ. But yeah. It's the fact of I literally have to get you to cue me when it's going to stop because I yeah. have no idea. So I'm just like, do I say Dabo yet? However, we are getting we are getting better with the software that we do have, and we are working in the background to do it. So I will be doing some tests um, at the weekend um, with the Nerdy Up North crew just to make sure that we can get it nice and work. I, I need to polish it up a little bit as well. I need to jazz it up a little bit. I think we need to. Uh, I think we need to quark spar it a little bit. I don't know about you, noise. <laughs> I, I think I think definitely we should. It should be good. But no, thank you everyone who's joined us in the chat. Thank you very much for your wonderful acumen and involvement, Mystic Wolf. Uh, lovely to see you. And Lee, Ben, yeah, no. Christopher, Damon. Yeah, that's it. Everyone. It's been absolutely wonderful. Did you like this episode? Please leave a comment down below. Uh, what are your predictions mm -hmm. for next week? Leave a comment down below. If you liked this video and you are not a member of Nerdy Up North, please subscribe to our videos. We cover not only Star Trek, we cover everything that you can consider to be nerdy. We cover it on the YouTube channel. We also have a Twitch channel. Yeah, I will be streaming after this. If you uh, are not bored of hearing my voice, please join me on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Sonoise. It's in the description below. Uh, well, I'm going to be screaming. Screaming? screaming. Well, okay, it's Halloween. Ah! Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of worried, actually, because this is a game that I've been looking forward to a long time that was in development hell, where it was literally announced like five years ago. And you're like, where is it? Where, Like, when is it going to come out? And then it literally just kind of limped out the gate and... I've got it. I'm hoping it's going to be amazing. I think it might be terrifying because I've seen pictures Ooh. from it, so I might get very scared. Uh, I will reveal because we're going to be doing it in like half an hour, but it's literally, it is called Ad Infinitum. Ad Infinitum. It is, uh, set, it is a first-person horror game set in the trenches of World War One, where you're being attacked by horrendous monsters. Uh, so yes, so let's see if I can give myself a lovely spook before Halloween. So but, um, you guys know yeah. what to do as soon as this episode ends. Go down to the description uh, below, find Sonoise's Twitch channel and get on there. I am on the Nerdy Up North Twitch channel on Tuesday. I will finally be finishing Uncharted mm -hmm. 2. And if I finish early, well, if I finish early, there may be a game that i play that rhymes with whiplash uh what could it possibly be um striplash potentially you're gonna have to tune in on tuesday <laughs> strip mash you're gonna have to tune in to the early <laughs> north twist channel tuesday 6 30 p.m bst to find out if you oh, uh, one one thing i just want to say um also if you are bored on sunday and you don't have anything to do uh and obviously we do have the 
well, it's actually probably going to happen after the Nerdy Up North main podcast, where we will be speaking about ghost stories and have some lovely things. I am performing at the Shady Bar, the Shady Ball at the Bank Bar in Newcastle, uh, and I will be performing a very incredibly silly number as my character Candy Snatch. Uh, it is a free event. You can come down and it should be a lot of fun for Halloween. I think we're raising money for charity as well, but I can't remember what charity it is. So I'm not going to mention too much. <laughs> so that's me being useless. If you are if you are local to Newcastle, get yourself down there. Speaking of charities, the Just Giving link is still down below. We are well over £1,500 for cancer research, which is absolutely wonderful. We do Kick have... cancer in the we do have all of our friends of trekking up north uh we've got all their podcasts and all their pages down below uh we've got the lovely jam eaters from tasmania unplanned trek uh which are on spotify next week little plug for our friends at clone star i will be a guest on the clone star podcast uh next week as we review star trek lower decks so I will put a link in that uh, next week. I'm also. I, I dare you to just act like it's shit. Just be on their episode, being like, "Oh well, it was a bit of a mediocre one, wasn't it? It was a bit crap." I mean, who's watched any of this shit TNG stuff? Right? I prefer Babylon Five. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, just... um, yeah. Um, if you are not a member, Cito again. Yeah, if you if you are not a member of Nerdy Up North, all the links for all of our socials, all of our uh, pages are all down in the description below. Please, please come and follow us. Please like this video and and click that bell. The tiniest little things that you do, guys, really do help. The more you chat, the more it helps the algorithm promote the video. The more you comment on each of our videos, the more the algorithm promotes the channel. We are working so very hard to increase uh, our subscribers and just get ourselves out there to the wider world. I don't sleep. I just plug myself into a USB charger and then I continue throughout the night talking to people around the world of all of the wonderful things that Nerdy Up North um, does. But science officer Sonoys, if there is nothing else to add, I think it's time that we return to the USS adequate so until next time treks and trekkers <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls see you next week stay safe live long and prosper bye bye praise be to the planet honk miles miles